guys. We're here with actress extraordinaire Tessa Thompson. Extraordinaire. Yes, you it's are. I'll take it. Last question, as I am a huge Marvel fan. Thank you. What's the future of Valkyrie, and uh, can you tell us anything about the Thor Love and Thunder? <laughs> no, I feel like if I did, Marvel would like bust through the, the door, and <laughs> I, would just, come I would out, yeah? just like disintegrate. I'd, I'd get the snap. Thanos himself would walk in and, and capture me. I can't say much, except that we mm-hmm. are shooting Love and Thunder yes. uh, later this year in yes. the summer. Yes. You'll see Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. You'll see some folks you haven't seen in a while. You'll see some new folks. Valkyrie's um, possible love interest. You know? You never know. You know? The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. That's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTB. BTB in the mother effing house. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure. My gosh, we have another incredible, incredible show for you guys from top to bottom. And, of course, we have an incredible show from top to bottom because we have an incredible panel. My gosh, first of all, let's go ahead and welcome him back for the second week in a row. That's right, the ever so controversial is six feet eight, and you can't teach that. He is also a Sith Lord. He is Darth Paul Wallace. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> the Sith Lord back on BTB. Uh, of course, we're also going to be doing WWE. Fast lane picks at the end of the program. So we had to bring back another panelist, a fan of not only pop culture, but of the world of pro wrestling. And he is uh, affectionately known as the Rainmaker. <laughs> he is the one and only filmmaker extraordinaire, pop culture enthusiast, Michael Doherty. Thanks for having me back, Al. Absolutely. Thank you for, for coming back. Uh, I know we had some. We had some issues last time uh, getting you back, um, but but you're back because you actually are defending your BTB pay-per-view picks championship along with Wes Whitlock, who will be joining us later in the program. But uh, <laughs> you have a title to defend. Oh, well, uh, happy to defend. So let's see <laughs> how I do. All right. Very, very good. Well, uh, guys, uh, incredible show again from top to bottom. We don't have a lot of guests calling in tonight, although you guys are amazing guests. But as far as the celebrities, you want are concerned, me to do some imitations? I can make it like I can imitate people. <laughs> I'd like to hear some of your impressions, Darth Paul, for sure. But I have two more great interviews 
from Noche Musical in DC. And wow, um, because of the SAG after strike, the, the interviews are very short, but there's still two amazing names. First actor Ramon Rodriguez, you might know him from the ABC TV show Will Trent. And um, the featured interview that I am so happy to present. That's going to be the end of the program. The beautiful and talented Camila Morone. Um, she is known for her role on Daisy Jones and the Six on Amazon with Riley Keough. She's also uh, famously linked to Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, so, so I'm guessing one... she's below 27, right? Yes. <laughs> well, yes. She's just, I think just graduated high school. <laughs> well, because Leo broke up with her, I think she's now 26. I think 26 is the cutoff age. Okay. So uh, once they hit 26, he moves on to the next young thing. Yeah. Which, after meeting Camila, I would not, could not fathom why anyone, Leo included, would walk away from her. She is absolutely stunning. But I digress. As uh, yes, It's, like, it's like that Family Guy episode. Did you see that with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? He would date somebody and then... The second day, it's their birthday. He's like, oh, I'm out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. But Camila talked to us a little bit about her um, feature film, Gonzo Girl, which is uh, directed by Patricia Arquette and stars Willem Dafoe and herself, because that had a, a SAG interim agreement. She could not, however, talk about Daisy Jones and the Six because that was under okay. the strike. But nonetheless, those are our uh, featured interviews tonight. And, uh, oh, yeah, I also talked to... Joaquin Castro, representative, U.S. House of Representatives, Joaquin Castro, who's also in the red carpet. Uh, and uh, See, it could have been much more famous. You could have been talking to Fidel Castro and Joaquin Phoenix. I would have gotten two for one, huh? <laughs> wow, Darth Paul Wallace. Wow, really coming, out, coming in with those jokes this week, nonetheless. But... Uh, Let's do what we do uh, here on BTB, right? We'll talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. That's right. That's Hollywood uh, theme from our boys, Good Charlotte. All right. Uh, I guess we always start with movies, right? So let's talk about the box office. Um, it's a kid's movie for the number one movie. And Darth Potter, <laughs> I don't think you watch this. You're usually, usually up to date on your movies. I doubt you watch Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie. That no, was... I just couldn't bring myself to watch that. I mean, I was in the theater and I saw it. I was like, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to watch that one. Are there any little kids in your family, Darth Paul? I mean, I have a niece and a nephew, but I mean. You do have a niece and a nephew. Okay. Mm. So if you were to go to that movie you would take them yeah i guess so right. yeah so uh the number one movie can't, can't believe it um 23 million over the weekend and uh i mean it had some really good competitions but you know what kids love some paw patrol and parents love to take their kids but you know what? to see movies Didn't they cancel the police dog at one point in time and they like there was a big backlash to that there was that was absolutely ridiculous yeah. cancel that police dog but some people say that it was uh, satire and he wasn't really canceled. I don't know what to think about that one. But um, coming up in second place um, is Saw X or Saw 10. 
uh, at 18 million. And yeah. um, you're not just surprised. I mean, I almost saw that one. I was I was going to see that one. I was like, you were going to see that one. Okay. The creator just seemed like a more interesting movie than the Salt yeah. Pen. I'll probably see Salt Pen next week. Well, Jigsaw yeah. is back, so that's always a, um, a cool thing. But he's not really Every- back. It's just like, like like another prequel. So it's kind of like the whole universe is so colluded. It's, it's just like all convoluted. I don't know. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a little convoluted. Um, mm-hmm. I have an interesting Saw tidbit. So it's actually pretty funny that there was an editor of the Saw X movie working on the movie. And because of the screams, you know, uh, from a lot of the characters in the film, Police were actually called at the house thinking that someone was getting killed. And yeah. the Los Angeles police showed up knocking on, on the editor's door. And apparently the neighbor's been calling and saying someone's being tortured to death in there. And then he had to tell the police that he was actually just working on a movie. And if you want to see some of the movie, just to show I'm not killing someone, you can see my editing day or whatever. Um, but the Saw X is currently uh, ranking higher than any other saw movie in the franchise but well, I, I think it i think it's because they brought jigsaw back himself instead of just having like his uh accomplishes do stuff you know what i mean right right yeah. exactly so that was off obviously um yeah definitely a factor in why that film did pretty well at the box office now the third film is the creator and darth paul you have an exclusive review of course that's gareth edwards mm-hmm. stars john david washington and i really really want to see this movie so about a war between the humans and AI, which is kind of like what actors are going yeah. through right now. <laughs> it's also called the creator, the uh, reality of SAG, right? Yes, yep. exactly. So yeah, the number three. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to do it without, without spoilers because you haven't seen it yet. So let me. See, yeah, that's um, okay. Yeah. What can we say about it? Okay, it's about like apparently like the U.S. government is at war with AI, okay. and the like. Japanese and Chinese, they're like embraced AI, so they still work with the AI. So like all like the US completely obliterated all AI in the United States. But we're going after we're afraid that China and Japan are gonna use the AI against us as weapons. So we're fighting the AI over there. So we, we want to get just get it off the planet. But there's like mm-hmm. a moral of the story too, because it's like uh the one character was actually like sent to infiltrate to figure out who the creator of ai was and he wound up like more or less hooking up with the daughter of the creator of the who created the ai ai i mean and um what he basically did was uh he actually fell in love with her and kind of like was like yeah maybe we shouldn't be doing this so he kind of um was pushed back in the service when he realized um that he might be able to go find her again. So because he lost her at one point in time. So okay. So a little bit of a love story. And, and, and then there, then, and then like a, he also befriends like an AI uh, child too. And it kind of I saw that a, in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, there's like a twist with that. So I mean, I don't want to give that away either. I mean, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll hold up the sp- um. So from the uh, Darth Paul scale from one to ten, what would you rate it? I mean, I would say it's a solid eight. I mean, it has like a lot of emotional stuff in there. Like, I mean, it goes back and forth. So, I mean, you will feel some, I don't know, some uh, like emotions of what happens to certain characters. I mean, it also has a lot of a feel like, um, of like more or less, I, I got the feel of Rogue One, like the, like, Ooh, battle, like well, you, you know that Gareth, that yeah, I know he's, I know he's, the, but he but definitely has that right. same feel in the movie. Yeah. And he also said like, this is a one and done. He's not going to read, 
redo this in a, uh, this whole universe, which is smart, I guess. Well, he said he doesn't care how much money it is. He's not going really? to. Really, he's not going to do a sequel of the creator. No. It, so you're saying it had a definitive ending, correct? It had a definitive ending. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm stoked to see it. Michael, are you going to try to see this uh, theater movie? It looks good. Uh, I think I'm going to be one of the ones that wait till it comes home. Okay. You know. I mean, the special uh, effects are really good too. The special effects are like Star Wars special effects. Well, we love that, and uh, I do have a, a tidbit on Gareth Edwards' uh, Rogue One because I think he was talking about it during an interview. But I'll get that to when we get to closer to Star Wars. Uh, the, the Nun too, uh, fourth place, adding four point six million, and I still still I still have to. I see haven't seen that one yet either, but I'm surprised it's still that high. To be honest with you, it's still in the top five, and rounding up the top five is a faith-based film called the blind which made 4.4 million it's about phil robertson of duck dynasty and how he fell in love started a family and how his demons threatened to take their lives apart um interesting how they tied in the faith-based with the robertson uh, yeah, family. don't they shoot ducks that's what they do i think and they make duck decoys it's like yeah exactly so it's like okay i mean does it actually star them or is it like just actors playing no no it's actors playing them in fact i know one of the actors uh shout out to aaron Della villa who plays one of the robertson um okay. siblings um yeah he's an actor a buddy of mine that we got to talk to at the recent south by southwest festival um all right what else do we have coming soon well we have um, a really cool trailer with Superman himself, Henry Cavill, called Argyle. I don't know if anyone uh, got a chance to check out the trailer. Uh, I saw that. That looked pretty good. I mean, uh, that trailer looks awesome. And it's got a hell of a. I'm, I'm, I'm super curious about that trailer. Like, okay. that, that I might go to the theater for. Oh, just to watch the to watch the trailer or watch the entire. No, film? no, no. Go, it is a really good trailer. Movie. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's there's a lot of twist in it too. Which oh, you saw the trailer. You're saying you don't I saw, I saw the trailer. trailer. The movie I saw, so it's like that. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like for for example, like uh, was it the creator? I saw the trailer for that, and I'm like, oh, that's going to go on Amazon Prime. Like I thought that was a Prime movie, not something in theaters. Oh. So okay. so now that I saw and when I saw Argyle, I'm like, oh crap! I would legitimately spend twenty bucks. To go see that on a big screen. Well, I'll have. Are you sag? No. Okay, if you're sag, you can like kind of get in something. Oh, we we do have some perks, but but if you have Apple TV, Michael, you can see Argyle shortly after the February second drop on nice in theaters. So I'm sure it's typically thirty days, isn't it? Um, on average, no, it's getting faster and faster. It's getting faster now. Yeah, so. It might be, yeah. But I feel like the Matthew Vaughn stuff, I mean, he he puts on a good good movie. I mean, it's kind of like the same type of style. And so it's it's interesting because it's they tell the story of the what's going on in the book that Bryce Dallas Howard wrote, which Henry Cavill and Dua Leap are characters in the book. So I guess it switches back and forth to the book. I mean, do you want me to give it away? I mean, it's more than that. Well, I mean, you, yeah, only saw, you only saw the trailer. Okay, well, I mean, basically, what, what, what happened was, like, they were like, hey, we love your books. Apparently, somehow, the books are based on real life. And she doesn't know it. So, some, somehow, and... and She's writing so somehow about real she's, life. She's, like, getting some kind of message about the future, about what's really going on with the spy market. Because, like, she was there talking to some dude, and, uh, like, more or less, uh, he was a real spy. And... So she's, okay. she, she somehow was getting some kind of 
her books, as I said, either predicted the future or kind of like were right. like. So that's why Sam Rockwell, who plays a real life spy, takes Bryce Dallas Howard's character under his wing. Yes. Yeah, to kind of, I guess, protect her. So it's mm-hmm. got hell of a plot. That kind of reminds me of the basic plot of the Will, like, was it the, uh, oh, crap, what's his name? Will Ferrell movie where he was an author who didn't realize, like, he was writing his life. Oh, yeah, I know like which one you're talking about. I forget the oh, name of that movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. That that sounds like it's very similar, right? Um, yeah. It's, it, it's got a cool, it's got a cool um, premise. And, uh, yeah, I definitely want to see it. What else? Uh, we also have, so with the success of the Elvis movie, you had to have, Priscilla movie, right? Uh, this is through A24. <laughs> and it's you know what? I'm going to do a movie about the daughter now. No, this is the wife, Priscilla. No, no. I know, but I'm going to do a movie about the daughter. <laughs> oh, you, you personally are going to do You're going to do Lisa Marie. I got it. I'm going to do Lisa Marie and then have Michael Jackson in there. All right. Yes. <laughs> that could work. So, yeah, Sofia Coppola's take on the courtship of priscilla and elvis presley through priscilla's eyes and they just dropped an expanded trailer on that and i gotta admit it really looks good and i and i also have to admit jacob alordi looks a lot more like elvis than than austin butler i know austin yeah, you're butler right is a, he's a great actor but as far as the look yeah he, you're right that, that he does look a lot more like elvis the only thing that's weird about this movie though wasn't lisa marie like really underage when elvis Yes, that's the whole controversy. I believe well, she was yeah. 14 and Elvis was 24. That's what. And, and 19 can't do that nowadays. No. Actually, yes. couldn't even do it back then. Unless you're Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Well, I think Leo at least has some class to wait until they're, you know, and some morals to wait until yeah, they're. That's true. Um, 14 is a little. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, definitely creepy and illegal for sure. Um, but I guess he was the king, and I guess the king uh, got, a, got away with it, I guess, try to say. Um, and you mentioned Michael Jackson, Big Paul. They're actually working on a Michael biopic right now, directed by Antoine. Another one. And, you know, I'm, are there a lot? Because I don't know if – I don't know documentaries, Michael, but I, I'm not sure of the Michael Jackson biopic with someone portraying oh, they, well, I thought they did. Did they do one that, like, a white guy was playing him or something, and that was a big controversy? Well, well they've his, done a his, bunch. They've done a bunch of scripted ones. Okay. But, well, yeah, they're all made for TV movies. So there's one about like uh, the Jackson Five growing up, and then it kind of ends with like the the tour before he like gets set on okay. fire on the Pepsi commercial. And then there's another one that's just his life perspective. Um, and it's there. None of them have been particularly great. I think okay. that's why this was needed but, because. It's not going to be a made-for-TV um, style film. They want to be, they want it to be on the level of the Elvis film. So I don't think we've seen an Elvis level movie that for Baz Luhrmann type of movie. And this is of course uh, Antoine Fuqua. And then of course, if you want to know who's playing Michael Jackson, it's his nephew, Jafar Jackson. And Jafar is the son of Jermaine Jackson. So uh, I looked them up, and I mean, I think, are they going to have to bleach the skin now? Because I mean, he's definitely going to be darker. Maybe, well, in the in the so, younger I mean, if he's younger, Michael Jackson, I guess it doesn't matter. He's he's in his twenties, so they're going to portray. He's going to portray Michael in the younger. So, yeah, I'm looking at a shot from of Jafar side by side with Michael in his Thriller days. Yeah, and they are almost identical. It's spooky identical. Yeah. 
So this is like Michael before the nose jobs. They like, the nose job the and the skin bleach. Yeah, almost identical. Well, as Michael claims, vitiligo, but uh, that is uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. yet to be. Well, that's what Sammy Sosa claimed too. But did you see what Sammy Sosa looks like now? <laughs> yeah, we we talked about it. you brought that up, <laughs> Sammy Sosa. I looked it up, and I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Michael, have you seen Sammy Sosa lately? No, now I'm gonna look him up. Now you have to look it up because it's <laughs> look at before and after. It's almost as. That might be worse than Michael Jackson's. I think that is worse than Michael Jackson. Yeah, it's it's pretty wow. drastic. Yeah, yeah that is. It is crazy drastic, guys. Um, yeah, you agree? Is it is it worse than yeah. Michael Jackson? Yeah. Well, no, it's not worse than Michael Jackson because he has like a moderately normal skin complexion. Okay. But the the before and after are very very drastic. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Wow, um, I did not know that about Sosa. Yeah, yeah, that that's certainly the case. Uh, let's see, we also have, with the success of the Barbie movie, now Mattel wants to produce a Barney movie, and and it's going to be produced by Daniel Kaluuya, who's obviously a wait, great... Wait a second, Barney movie, did you say? Barney movie, I love you, you the love me, Dino- Purple Dinosaur, yes. I... I don't Didn't know. Didn't they already man. kind of have that with that uh, Robin Williams movie where he played like kind of a Barney character? Yeah, the death of Smoochie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They want to capitalize on that that Barbie momentum. Well, movie. Mattel, well, do why well. don't you do a live action He-Man movie that's good? Yes. People would rather see that. Kevin Smith has is not to go anywhere near that movie. He needs What's to stay away from Michelle? that movie. Was that movie shelved? Because I, I remember early casting about it, and then it just kind of... Well, they kept switching casting, because, yeah. I mean, it was cast, and then they... It was like Noah Centuria, or whatever his name is. He, he yeah, had the original. Yeah. Then, they, then they replaced him with somebody else, and okay. then I think during the strike, they shelved it for the time being. But they could do that. Or even do a Hot Wheels movie. I mean, it's like... No, Hot you Wheels can come up with a ton of stories no, of cars. Hot, I mean, look at Fast no, and Furious. No, Paul, Paul, Hot Wheels is already in production, or, or in development. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we actually talked about it right here on BTB. Okay. Yeah, Hot Wheels obviously, yeah, that would probably do really well as well. Um, but I don't know how Barney would be. Um, so I'm reading an article that says, uh, it'll focus on the trials and tribulations of being 30 something, growing up with Barney, and just the level of disenchantment with the generation. It's described as an A24 type film. With it, which got a reputation of producing movies that are unconventional and sometimes psychologically disturbing. That is a Barney movie I can get behind. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, see, that's a unique plot, similar to the Barbie movie, because yeah. it's it's not just very cheesy. It's got actually a really good heart and good story. So it sounds like that's the case for the Barney movie. So I, I would um, like to see a Barney take a la Har- the old school Jimmy Stewart movie Harvey. Where like the guy's walking around and he can only see Barney, and Barney talks to him, <laughs> and no one else sees Barney, but he's having a mental breakdown because he's in his yes. like, getting ready to turn forty, and Barney Ma- just wants him to be happy. Imaginary friend, yes, we've, we've maybe many of us in our youth. I think I did have an have an imaginary friend in our youth, right? Well, Don, Donnie Darko was like that, though, wasn't it? It yeah, was a little bit. Yeah, it did have some elements like, of that. I All just right. want an ending shot of the guy like killing somebody and be like, I love you. And like that's <laughs> the, the Barney no. Smasher movie. That's what that, that's no. what we need. 
Actually, you know what? If you wait enough, don't they have a Tigger movie coming out, like the from the makers of the Winnie the Pooh movie, where Tigger's going to go no. kill people now? So what they're so what it is is they, they made enough they might made enough movie from Blood and Honey that they're actually making the movie again the way they wanted to now that they have a budget. Okay, so Tigger's going to be in it this time. Uh, Tigger, Owl, and those those are the only two that they've talked about so far. But it's kind of that Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two thing, where it's uh, it's the uh, they had a little bit more money this time, so they're pretty much redoing the movie. Oh, so yeah. Honey the Pooh's going to be in a new movie too. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that 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 power twist was quite a quite a success, wasn't it? So uh, I can imagine that they would do. See, I also was thinking, do you know what else is public domain? Is um, Snow White actually public domain? Yes. Snow White, Peter Pan. Could we make a Snow White movie that makes fun of the Snow White movie that Disney's currently making? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I do. I mean, I'm thinking that would be like public domain, and we really wouldn't get in trouble for that. And I mean, it's like, now, did you see the meme I sent you, Paul? It's like, uh, it's a it's a meme with Gal Gadot's evil queen and um, Rachel Zegler's Snow White together, and then so here's Snow White, and here's the evil queen that is jealous of her looks, and it was an, a very non unflattering photo of Rachel, and it was a very <laughs> beautiful picture of, of Gal Gadot. Um, I don't know. It was a funny meme, but it was kind yep. of mean. And, and Rachel Zegler is just she's an attractive girl, no doubt. But she's her attitude sucks. If she's right for the role, yes, uh, she had some behavioral you know, problems and and the magical creatures, <laughs> the seven <laughs> magical creatures of, of different sized humans and different ethnicity. You know what they could we'll fix? See. You know what they'll probably fix that in post, like make them all like just put the big heads on dwarfs and have a. Uh, I, I could see him doing that in post. Always the CGI like dwarf bodies on him just so they don't get in trouble. <laughs> That's yeah, how I, they're gonna save the movie. I am so curious to see these seven creatures in the final, the final uh, version of them. Um, all right. Well, you know what? According to what I read, they need to do what is it? A uh, four hundred no seven hundred million dollars just to break even. It's like how are they gonna break even on that film? They're gonna lose. No matter what, they can't just start on streaming because they have too much invested in it. The negative press, the initial negative press, is not going to help. You're right. It's, it's, but I mean, uh, there's no way they're going to make seven hundred million dollars on that thing. It's like they'd be lucky if they make a million dollars on that thing. Well, no, people might want, want to watch it just to, as a drinking movie to just see how bad it could be. But, they but could, I mean, it's like could have a test screening and people don't. I think the most controversial part is these the seven um, magical. Hold creatures. on. So I will say. Uh, I'm on the Snow White 2024 I, uh, Wikipedia page. Okay. And they do have Martin Kleba as Grumpy. And Martin Kleba was the the wee man in the Pirates movies. Right. Right. So they're at least. Well, no, no, I don't no. They only if, had one. They had one door. Hold on. Let Michael finish. So okay. I, I don't see that they've cast any of the other uh, dwarves. But we'll look at the picture. When we look at the onset picture, there was one little person. Uh, There's one little person and a bunch of like random people. Random, random full-size people that are magical creatures. Um, <laughs> but you know what? They could have a test screening of Snow White, and maybe the executive, you know, they complained that, you know, about the seven creatures, and maybe they'll do like what they did with Sonic the Hedgehog's teeth and redo it. I, I don't know. 
We'll we'll see what happens. Um, I'm curious. Wait, what about Snow White and the Seven Sonic the Hedgehogs? That would work. <laughs> Snow White and the Seven Hedgehogs. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on, moving on. Um, so um, the New York Film Festival is t- uh, happening, and Bradley Cooper made an appearance at the New York Film Festival. He did not do any press, but I think because he is a producer of the film, I think. If you're an actor only, you can't do press or show show okay. up. But if you're a producer, director involved in that aspect, then you can show up. I think that's how they work. But, but couldn't people take advantage of that and just be like, hey, I'll give you a dollar. And so technically I get a production credit or something just so they could be listed. And, you know, I mean, people can buy the production credits. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's possibly what the case was. But I uh, got a seven-minute standing ovation. And Bradley was in attendance, of course, uh, and uh, they actually um, clapped loudly for um, Leonard Bernstein's children, who are also in attendance. So that's pretty cool. And of course, that will drop in theaters November 22nd and will be on Netflix December 20th. So just an example, Netflix is getting the really big, big blockbuster movies, and I have to give them them props on that. Do you want to, isn't that Netflix is not anyone whose streaming service is actually making money, right? Because I mean, I think everybody else is in the hole. Um, that's it. I am not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know Disney's. I know Disney's low, and I'm pretty sure. I think Paramount's okay, but I don't think they're sending yeah. world on fire. That's an interesting. Uh, interesting I mean, Amazon metric. lost six hundred million dollars on Rings of Power, so I was like. Yeah, but see, that's Amazon. that's the thing that's going to hurt our strike. I think. I think our strike's going to go on for a long time because I don't think these streaming service services can release the numbers of the views. Because if they do, and people realize some of these shows don't have the views that they say they have, it would be a death nail to them. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's conversely, true. the problem is that you have Netflix not wanting to release the shows, the numbers of the shows, and then you have shows that are doing way better than they're anticipating or projecting or let's like take Gilmore girls for something like that as an example and the royalties that they would have to pay on that show if they disclose the numbers. But would they have to pay like pad royalties on that kind of stuff too, or would it only be for new stuff? Cause that's just them. That's just like like them re-airing something that would be like a rerun. So the, so, so the issue is that like streaming has never caught up to uh, syndication and okay. syndicate like with syndication wherever it shows if it shows on a plane if it shows on a different channel or whatever you have to be paid but the way streaming works is that uh streaming licenses it for a flat fee okay. and they could show it as much as they want okay um, so yeah so that could be a, that could be an, yeah again that, that would that's hurt why them we're too, striking like, paul that's exactly why we're but, striking. but i mean as i said i don't think the studios could actually ever release that because well like, well, like like as I said, like a good thing is Netflix. Like I mean, on that Netflix, um, like Amazon. Amazon spent six hundred million dollars on Rings of Power, and if they saw the, the actual views of it, the investors are going to pull their money from the stock, and their stock's going to drop, and it's just going to like cost people a lot of money. I don't think they can do it without sinking their own ship. You know what I mean? Or, and as he was saying, with the like, like I said, like Gilmore Girls, if it has like a lot of views and you have to pay syndication on that it's like it's gonna they yeah. won't be able to make any money so well, i 
I, I don't think there's a way around that. I, I, I agree with the AI, but I don't think that the streaming services could ever truly release that without syncing. And I don't think, I think that it's, okay. we're going to be on strike for a long time, I think. So I, I will mention this. Netflix does release total views and hours viewed. So I do have those statistics. Okay. The number one Netflix movie was Reptile. And that had 17.7 7, uh, million total views. And of course, that stars Benicio del Toro, Alicia Silverstone, and Justin Timberlake, which that's a heck of a cast right there. And then for television, um, they they also keep track of the views as well. With the Sex Education season four, uh, the top spot at 13.4 million views. And then uh, rounding up the the top five on TV, Netflix includes Who Killed Jill Dando. The Murdoch Murders, A Southern Scandal, and um, Encounters, okay. and and Castlevania Nocturne. Those are the top five. So yes, Netflix, I believe, is the only one that. Okay. that but I mean, I'm saying like in the other streaming services, that would be at that now. I mean, there's no yeah. way well, Amazon so could ever re- release. They, they spent six hundred million dollars on a show, and the show makes no money. Yeah, uh, that's no well, here, here's. Here's the other thing to take into consideration. So uh, just using 2021's numbers, Amazon Prime had 142.5 million subscribers. And if you look at it, it's about $179 annually per subscriber. Mm-hmm. They made $25.6 billion just on subscriptions alone. So if they lose $600,000 on, pro- on this thing, they're going to make it back somewhere else. So like for Amazon, it's just, it's a wash. And then that kind of goes back to the residual point. If they have to pay residuals, then they're not going to be able to spend $600,000 on something. And also same goes with Disney. Disney's the same in the same boat because Disney doesn't have, uh, I'm pretty sure some of the Disney shows don't get the views that they say they get. Well, Disney also has another problem and this is kind of biting them in the ass. And Al, I'm sure you know this. You'll notice that stuff that on like there's that the reason there's only three seasons of Mandalorian is because when they go to a fourth season, they have to negotiate rates. So if they go if that's why you'll see like the sweet life and Zach of Cody was three seasons and then it was the sweet life of Zach and Cody on deck, which was technically season four. They just changed the location and the name. So it's a new show. So Mandalorian season four is going to be Mandalorian and Grogu. Well, Mandalorian season three was Book of Boba Fett. Oh, really? Not really, but like, yeah, yeah, that's why half the season of Book of Boba Fett was really Mandalorian, like 2.5. They got away with more Mandalorian story, but it was in a different show. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that that, that makes sense. But, you know, we do have to see see more Mandalorian in order to, to tell the tale that will intersect with ahsoka but we'll get into star wars shortly let's wrap up some movie stuff in netflix uh netflix acquired the worldwide rights to a film called three daughters they got a great uh three leading ladies for that natasha leone american pie fame russian doll elizabeth olsen scarlet witch herself and carrie coon so this uh uh, was purchased by netflix uh for just under seven million Wow, that's um that seems pretty cheap. Seems pretty low, uh, especially with three powerhouse actors mm-hmm. like those three women right there. 
But well, uh, when, when did they use Natasha Leon? Was it before her new show that came out? Because she was kind of on the downside at one point in time. No, she's got a hugely popular show on Netflix called Russian Dolls. Netflix Russian loves Dolls. Natasha Leon. Okay. Oh yeah, R- Russian Doll, and then of course there's Poker Face on Peacock. So she's, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, but before that, I mean, she really was kind of on the downside because she, she had to drug she it. Had a nice resurgence. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she was on uh, Orange Is the New Black. Yeah. Yeah. And this film is about um, three adult sisters who have come together to take care of their father who's dying of cancer and approaching his final days. So look for a tearjerker of a movie. Now, this film looks really cool. It's called Leave the World Behind. It's going to be on Netflix. stars Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke. And it's all about um, a cyber attack that, that just infects the entire country. Uh, and uh, it becomes... What's going to happen? Which New York City uh, became um, completely blacked out. Yeah, we a big uh, power outage in the city of New York and um, them dealing with the cyber attack. And looks really, really cool. And this is through the Obama's production company. Interesting. Uh, so that, yeah, that'll be dropping on December 8th. Um, looks really, really cool. If you uh, have a chance to check out the trailer, please do. Um, it looks really super action-packed. Um, and it was uh, written and directed by Sam Esmail, who did uh, Mr. Robot. Oh, that's there cool. You go. There you go. You know, it's going to uh, have some... Uh, some uh, Yeah, it's going to be uh, directed very well in those hands, for sure. Um, and then there's a movie called Fair Play, and I wonder what my buddy Johnny Fairplay from Survivor thinks about this one, but <laughs> it's a, it's a thriller-psychodrama. Thriller uh, by writer-director Chloe DeMont. And it kind of had like um, Fifty Shades of Grey vibes. Um, and it starts, the movie starts very, very graphic. Basically, they meet at a wedding party. I guess it's someone else's wedding. Okay. They immediately attract to each other. They go into the bathroom. And then Emily's blood from her period is all over Luke's mouth. And it looks oh, like a wow. blood. And it looks like a complete blood bloodbath. And then, uh, they, then they fast forward to them getting married. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some guys are into that, but it's like I can't go that way. It's like ah. Uh, uh, if you like the Chloe, uh, uh, sorry, uh, the girl playing Chloe is Phoebe Denivore from Bridgerton. She's very lovely, but uh, if she was bleeding on my face, as I said, if that uh, was happening, I would say I'll just wait. Uh, we could do this later on or in <laughs> some other time. Exactly. As I said, some guys are into that, but I just can't some go that way. So. Some guys are into. Now, this particular trailer looks really good. It's a limited series called "All the Light We Cannot See," and it's um, it's a World War II a period piece series. And it's kind of like a, a war story with a love story thrown in it. And the actress, um, Aria Mia Liberti, who plays Marie Laurie, is blind. And they actually had a casting call to cast an actual blind woman for this role. Um, yeah, but how do they do that? Because I was trying to think about that. It's like, because if they check online, I mean, is there like a... Does computers have screens in Braille, or I don't know how that would work. Well, you'd be surprised you... <laughs> how accessible. I mean, I, I mean, somebody could call so, them, I guess, but it's like I'm just trying to think of like if you look in line for casting calls, it's like. All right, let me. Ex- 
Well, first of all, you see what I'm saying. I mean, accessibility has come a long way. Blind users can go to websites <laughs> through, through software. <laughs> see, I told you that's why it's controversial. I love it. That's wonderful. He's very controversial. But they can, it's a software, uh, there's there's different software, Paul, that you can actually, it actually okay. repeats the website and, 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 okay. and provides the audio. Because that's okay, why. That's good. You have to have certain hash, like tags in the programming okay. code in web development that says what you're looking at. Like it's an okay. image source. So everything that you click will be described for um, the user. In the case of um, cool. blind folks, yes, it will be audio. In the case of deaf folks, um, it's closed captioning. You know, uh, you know. So there's so what they what they also have is that they have keyboards that will have like a, a braille typer at the bottom of it okay. so that as the site's being sites being described they'll be able to kind of feel along with what's yeah. being read okay so, so as, i mean i as, figured they would have a great braille keyboard but i just was thinking about how they like be able to read that i mean but i guess that makes sense if it's audio yeah yeah but uh this particular film looks um well sorry series looks really good i would um Looks like it has Emmy Emmy Awards kind of vibes. Uh, based on the trailer, obviously you have Mark Ruffalo in it as well, and uh, as you know, he's a very accomplished actor as well. Um, but uh, yeah, check out the trailer. I, I think he's a little overrated. I, I mean, I, his Hulk's okay, but the fact that he didn't want to like he wanted to not hide his face in the later Hulk movie is just I don't I don't <laughs> like that idea. <laughs> he wanted that screen time, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Still in his in his likeness though. The Hulk is still yeah. very Mark <laughs> I don't know. Uh, also in this series is uh, Hugh Laurie. So uh, so yeah. It's, Have you ever met him? He was like the nicest guy in the world. And when I was working on V, yeah, I, I mean, like, he, like he would sit down like, like and joke and talk with like a lot of the actors and uh, like in between takes and stuff. I mean, he just was really tell jokes. I mean, he was like really cool. Now I. I actually worked a ton on Veep, but I hadn't had the uh, the pleasure to work with Hugh. But he seems like a really, really good man. Good I got to I ran into him in New York just randomly, and he was a very sweet and nice, but very British guy. It was very yes. yeah. Nice he has he definitely has a British. He doesn't sound like House at all. No, uh, it's and for listeners and for listeners who want to hear what he actually sounds like, but who haven't, uh, I think what's the there's a sci-fi show on Hulu that he is in. I think it's like well, he was on, on Tomorrowland like, also. If you remember Tomorrowland, he was the bad guy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I mean, very nice guy. Very like very sweet. I mean, I also made sure I was not like, can I get a photo and an autograph? It was like, I just want to say thank you for because yep. I'm cool. I'm a huge fan of his stuff when he was Fry and Laurie back in the day with Stephen Fry. And he, do you know what? As big as he was, like he'd be like because coming off of a uh, like when he showed up on uh, Veep, I mean, he was coming off a house. He was huge there. He really yeah. did not have an ego. He didn't have like like you would think yeah. something like that, like with as many awards as he won for house, he would have like kind of an ego and he really didn't show that. No, it's good dude. Yeah. Interesting news with Netflix. They just mailed out their last red DVD envelope. Uh, they apparently Netflix has been around since 1998 and the last envelope they mailed out was the 2010 film True Grit. Uh, and it's interesting because physical media still had a place. Um, 
quite some time until very recently with the proliferation of streaming platforms. So I guess a fun topic would be what are your thoughts on physical media like DVDs? Do they still have a place in today's society? Um, or do you feel that we should totally go the way of streaming? So uh, why don't we start with Michael Doherty? What are your thoughts on, on physical <laughs> media? Uh, as I just relaunched my production and company and distribution as part of it, I think physical media is still a huge play for three reasons. Like if tomorrow all of these platforms go away, like Disney decides to pull its plug, like uh, owning a physical copy of something is going to be the only way that you could see some of these movies for a while. So for example, like trying to watch the latest, the last Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland, like yeah. it's not going to be on uh, Disney plus for a very long time. It's going to bounce around all of these different places. Mm-hmm. The only way that you can see it consistently is by owning it. Well, now, well there's a good like, example out there right now, Dogma. You can't watch Dogma, Dogma. unless you have the DVD. Because, I mean, well, that's, it's, under, it's done by the Weinstein Company. It's like, unless you have the yeah. DVD, it's not going to stream anywhere because he's not signing right. over rights. That, um, that, is, that is the exception to the rule. Yeah. And, and for Netflix, I, I get it. Like, their DVD service was, like, less than 1% of their total business. Mm-hmm. So right. for them, like, it's a, it's a loss. But for, you know, look at it like this. LPs are making a huge comeback. Vinyl is making a huge comeback. Yes, that's right. There's there are record stores for the first time since like 1995. You will have people that are now like VHS pop collectors, and there's a whole subculture of people who will convert your like HD movie into a VHS just because for people still love it. So I don't think physical DVDs are going to go away, but I think it's going to shift. Because like outlets like Walmart and Target are still selling them, but then right. you have outlets like Best Buy who are slowly dwindling it because like yeah. I think you're gonna end up it's just gonna be another place that uh you go to Amazon for. It's gonna it's gonna be like a record store more or less. Like I mean, do you yeah. have record like FYEs? FYEs have huge Suncoast um, video is gonna make a hard comeback. That's owned by FYE, so yeah, it's possible. So it sounds like um, it's promising for the world of physical media. And I, I recently saw on Amazon, which I, I, I really have to get this physical DVD. It's a Clerks um, a one, two, and three um, box, yeah, set, box set, box shaped like uh, um, the, quick stop. the quick stop, right? And oh, yeah. uh, it's beautiful. And uh, you throw in Dogma, Paul, like you mentioned, Dogma is not on DVD yet. Yes. I mean, there's That's, a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, I came from the music thing. I mean, it's like there's some stuff only on vinyl. I mean, there's some songs, right. some old punk rock songs only on vinyl. I mean, and then there's some stuff only on tapes. It's like, yeah. Um, I would rather have physical copies out there because it's like otherwise I don't want somebody else just controlling all. Like, if somebody doesn't yeah. like me, they could be like, hey, I'm not showing on my service anymore. It's like, well, if you have a physical can, copy, people could still listen to your music. Yeah. Conversely, like you still like physical is still huge for independent film because like. Netflix and Amazon oh, right. and Hulu are getting really critical about what they put on their platforms. So, but not only that, it's like, uh, do you realize what you have to do to get something on Netflix? I know some of you put a film on Netflix. You oh, have yeah. to physically go through the movie and subtitle everything everybody says. So you physically have to subtitle yeah. everything yourself. Netflix won't do it for you. So you physically have to, and that takes hours and hours and hours and That's hours and hours. Most, most indie, indie films go to Amazon and Tubi, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have yeah. that, that requirement. Yeah. No, but I guess we're don't. all in agreement that, that physical media still has a place, but it's 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 been lessened. I guess it's kind of um, I, I think it's so been different. lessened for now. 
you know, yeah, it's, sure. uh, you know, when you, when you find out that people like yourself, Al, and uh, Darth Paul will still get residuals by when somebody purchases a DVD, yeah. yes. more people learning that you'll start seeing people that are hardcore into film and television go back to purchasing it because then they know where the money's going. But like, I mean, like, look at the $5 bins at Walmart. There's movies, like, that were nothing. The people made no money on, like, they had Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey back in the 80s before Jim Carrey was a big. But because he had this resurgence, like, back in the 90s when he became huge, these movies from the 80s, all those people are making money now being a $5 Mm -hmm. bin on Walmart. Otherwise, it'd be completely lost. You know what I mean? There's there's nothing wrong with Once Bitten, Paul. Once Ben was okay, but what about that ski movie he was in? There's some ski yeah. movie he was in too. It was like that was awful. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I so, said once Ben got a whole new audience once Jim Carrey became huge. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a great discussion, man. I I, uh, I enjoyed that uh, to talk a little bit about uh, what we think about physical media. Uh, we got a little bit of time left, so uh, I we'll get to Star Wars and. Disney Plus. Let's drop a couple more things and take our classic cut break. Okay. Oh my God! On on Max, formerly HBO and HBO Max, I had to check out this reality show, Naked Attraction. Oh, speaking of speaking, of, I don't oh. know. It's kind of Max, I guess. You know, uh, uh what do you call? Oh, Paul, 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 can I make my point first? <laughs> yes. Yeah, or you jump the gun, please. All right. So HBO Max. I saw this reality show today, and I had to see it because of all the buzz. It's a British reality show called Naked Attraction. And this is where a man goes on, I, I, I guess the man is the chooser, or the woman's the chooser, and they chose from five men, five women, or if they're bi, they had one bisexual contestants, which I saw. It's a mixture of men and women. And they actually have to choose their date based on their potential date's nude body and they eliminate each person as the curtain goes up first they show their bottom half their butt and their genitals then they see their toes torso and if they're women they show the breasts and then you see their face it was like the most craziest thing i've seen uh, on reality television i had to check it out and because it's not like naked and afraid it's not there's no censors or whatever uh, it was completely uncensored. So yeah, I think we discussed this last week, didn't we? Yes, like, but because you were like, got... you thought it would be covered, and I was like, no, it's on HBO. Yes. It isn't going to cover anything. Exactly. So following up from last week, I finally got to check it out because I had to do my research, <laughs> and it's full nudity, full frontal nudity. I don't know if they're going to have an American version, but there are, I think, five or six episodes. Now, the this. sad thing is, what if you're a guy and it's a really cold day? That would not be good. <laughs> or what if you're a grower, not a shower? <laughs> yeah, they had a couple black dudes on there that, that uh, and then white guys that, that had, uh, you know, uh, bigger, bigger appendages. And then they had some some guys with the smaller. You know, one thing I noticed about guys in Europe, they don't they don't circumcise. So it's a. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That Thanks for the information, Al. It must be a Western thing. I don't know. And women, um, ninety-five uh, percent of them shave completely. In, in, oh, really? In, I thought in Europe they didn't shave much. And maybe did that yeah. change? Yeah. Well, the the contestants I've seen, there was like, yeah, maybe one or two with pubic hair, but most women completely shaved. So, so depending on what your preference is, hardwood floors or uh, shaggy carpets, I think there's. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's something for everybody in this show, but as long like, as it's not like that one movie you, you described earlier in the show. Okay, what's that one? The one with the blood scene. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the Fair Play movie, right? That's yeah, that would not work well on that show. Yeah. HBO Max is also going to get a documentary film called Musk, um, which is all about most fascinating man. Uh, in the world right now is Elon Musk. Oh, right? oh, that's not where I thought you were going. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about one show, and then he goes right to Musk. So you're thinking about oh, like, like the male pheromones, Musk, right? Yeah, well, yeah, he's talking, yeah, because yeah. he went right from like a show about like nude people to a show called Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I thought you were burying the lead. Yep, yep. It seems like, you know, with the writer's strike, there's been a resurgence of documentaries and um, and reality and Paramount. They just greenly a new documentary as well about all the pop, pop culture and the boy bands from the 90s and 2000s and seeing Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the Block. So, um, you know, that was probably your guilty pleasure, right, Paul? All those uh, boy I, bands. No, what, well, what I was going to talk about was Paramount also greenlit a season three of Mayor of Kingstown. Well, that's good news because that's more opportunities for me to hopefully book a role. Paramount <laughs> Plus. I hope it does happen, man. I'd say grow your hair out, uh, grow a beard, kind of look tough. I mean, because you could be one of the prisoners. I mean, damn it, I really hope so. God damn it. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's start one more thing before we take our classic cut break. Over on Hulu, there's two films that rely on no dialogue through the entire movie. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. The first one is by John Woo, and it's a Christmas horror thriller called Silent Night. And it's Joel Kinnaman. You might know him from... House of Cards from Suicide Squad. Yeah. So apparently their boy gets killed by a bunch of shooters and I guess in a random mass shooting and they kill, sadly kill their son and the character played by Joel Killerman, he gets a throat injury from the from the shooting and is is not able to speak. So then it's just him on a revenge, a path for revenge to find the killers and and hunt them down and, and kill them. I mean, and, and it's called Silent Night. It's called Silent Night. Yep. I'm um, gonna take place in Christmas. And it's gonna take place in Christmas. That's right. Okay, because that kind of works. Yeah, Silent Night. Yeah. So it's, so it's, it's basically like John Wick without the talking and replace the dog with a kid. Yep. There you go. There you go. Okay. And this, this again, I am just amazed by you can make an entire feature film with no dialogue. And that's the thing. He's hunting these people down. He loses his voice. He can't talk. So that's one reason. So it's like, but have you ever seen that you... film uh, that Nicolas Cage did a few years back? It was kind of like Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. He doesn't okay. talk. There's like no dialogue in that movie whatsoever. He's just like the security no, he, guard. Other and... people. T- yeah. Other people talk. He doesn't. Yeah. He just doesn't talk. I'm amazed by how they can do that. It's just crazy. And No One Will Save You is the other film on Hulu. In fact, it was the number one most streamed film for the weekend. And basically, it's Caitlin Deaver. You might know her from Dope Sick. And it's a sci-fi horror. Basically, she's fighting for her life as aliens invade her home. And it's just her, you know, against the aliens. Yeah. And that's the entire film. So there's no dialogue in that either. 
but she's not she can't talk have conversations with the aliens because I guess she yeah. I guess they don't speak English they speak their alien language. But um, okay, so no, hold on. There is one line of dialogue. Okay, so this only has one uh, throughout the entire ninety-three minute runtime. Isn't that crazy? That just that is crazy. That just completely blows blows me away. But the so, only, I, I guess, I mean, I guess it makes it easier for actors with bad voices. <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to. They'd have to copy the plot for that. <laughs> well, I mean, it takes you, if you really think about it, these kind of go back to like the silent film days yeah, where right. they would have like the title cards up instead of being, because they couldn't do dialogue. Right. See, I wouldn't mind doing one of those, but they don't do those anymore. The silent film thing. I, I right. don't think it's been done since Mel Brooks did it. Right. No. Well, I right. kind of like that movie. I thought it was a good movie. I mean, that was great. Like I it. love it. Yeah. But I think it's a great time for a uh, a classic cut break. Um, and um, this past weekend, uh, myself and my lovely girlfriend got to check out an amazing event. This is the Ocean's Calling Festival. And one of the featured acts was new 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee Cheryl Crow. And Cheryl is uh, an amazing, amazing artist. And... Um, Don really wanted to see Cheryl Crow. She's one of her favorite artists. So I was like, okay, okay, let's go to Ocean's Calling. Also happened to be a celebration of our one year uh, together as a couple. That's cool. And Congratulations. So we had multiple, had multiple reasons why the classic cut tonight had to be Cheryl Crow. And how, how uh, does she sound now? Does she sound because she's she kind of amazing? Does she sound great? She's 61 or 62 years old and looks yep, amazing. Sounds exactly she the sounds same. amazing. Oh, that's great. And um, you know what? You know, I thought about playing the 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 ballads, but you know, let's go a little more up up beat or whatever because it's a happy time. Um, I, I'm going to start with her earliest hit. This is Cheryl Crow's "All I Want to Do." All I want to do is have some fun. You know the song, right, guys? Yeah. And then directly following that song, uh, my. My uh, final interviews from Noche Musical in Washington, D.C. with House of Representatives Joaquin Castro, which you joked is Joaquin Phoenix and Fidel Castro, and actor Ramon Rodriguez right after that. So we'll be back with Wes Whitlock, who's joining the panel, and we're going to talk some Disney Plus stuff, and we're going to talk some Star Wars stuff, and of course, WWE Fastlane. So much more to come here on BTB. Stay tuned. Mayflower, the one and only Ramon Rodriguez here. Wow. Uh, yeah. How does it feel to be here at the NHFA Noche Musical event tonight? Exactly. The Noche Musical. It is quite an honor to be here in this beautiful room of our beautiful Latino and Latina gente representing here. Uh, and incredible to support this wonderful organization that's here to advocate uh, and really push to get our people in front of the camera, behind the camera, um, and really try to get full representation. So I've 
was introducing the organization in 2019, and I've been blown away by the incredible work that they're doing. And I really, we have to support these organizations and the work that it's important, it's critical. Absolutely. Very, very critical. Muy critical. But I'd like to see you as um, someone that paved the way as leading an ABC series uh, in a lead role, which when you think of uh, the title of it doesn't really speak to uh, Latino, but at the same time, it's an amazing, amazing opportunity, isn't it? Yes, it's great. And, you know, one of the things I think that we're all sort of promoting and talking about here is having a voice in that process. So being a producer is critical uh, on the show and being able to actually have a voice very early on in the creative process. One of the things I'm always pushing for is how do we get not only Latinos in front of the camera and behind the camera, but as executives to have a seat at that table when those projects get greenlit so that, oh, I've been in so many rooms where I'm pitching and they don't understand what I'm talking. I'm talking about Puerto Rico. They go, oh, what part of Mexico or something? I go, okay, obviously we're, we're, there's some ed- education that needs to happen. Right. So, you know, it's critical that we get those, our people in these positions of power where it actually makes a difference, where it actually moves the needle in addition to being represented. Because seeing yourself on screen, it's impactful. It's powerful. It creates perceptions and, and, and people make judgments on that. They really sort of take that to heart. So when you can see yourself represented fully and authentically, I think that's important. Absolutely. Now, of course, uh, of course, I kind of like messed around with the titles or whatever, but we are in a strike right now. Yes. Uh, How's that affected you personally? Um, WGA and SAG after under strike. And um, how do you feel that we need to resolve it? What do you think needs to happen? Well, I'm hoping that, you know, the AMPTP comes to the table. And look, we're just asking for a fair, equitable deal. Uh, A lot of folks, unfortunately, are really suffering right now. Uh, and so I'm hoping that this deal can be made sooner than later. Everybody wants to get back to work. We just want to get back to work with a fair deal where we can make a proper living wage off of. So, yeah. All right. Well, enjoy your night tonight. Thank you so much for talking us here at Below the Belt Show, Debajo del Cinturón in Espanol. If you can let us know who you are and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show or Debajo del Cinturón. Excellent. My name is Ramon Rodriguez, and I'm here on Below the Belt. <laughs> Debajo del cinturón en español. El cinturón, exactamente. <laughs> all right, we're here with Representative Castro here at Noche Musical. So, first of all, there's been a name change. Noche de Gala last year. This year, it's Noche Musical. You know what went behind the name change? I don't. I'm going to have to ask Felix. But it yeah. looks great all the same. Awesome. I know we have uh, some musical theater students who are here and are going to perform, I believe. And so it's really special. Just the celebration of Latino and Latina contributions to American media and entertainment is invaluable. And, um, you know, this is exactly what we should be doing. Of course, absolutely. We're in Hispanic Heritage Month, aren't we? So NHFA uh, is very, very vital to the Hispanic community here in Washington, D.C., and, of course, all over the world. But um, what have been have we been doing um, as politicians on Capitol Hill for the Hispanic community? Uh, well, when it comes to representation, for example, myself and others have been working both on legislation and with regulatory agencies to do everything that we can to try to get the industry to be more representative of the Latino community and really of American society. Uh, but as you know, I represent a very working class district in San Antonio. So the bread and butter issues of jobs and health care, uh, education, immigration, those are things that we were working on day in and day out. But but this issue of how a community is depicted in mass media, really, the value of that can't be overstated. And oftentimes it's understated. And so 
you know, I've been really proud to work with Felix and other advocates and people inside the industry to help make sure that we're better represented in American media and entertainment. Absolutely. NHFA over the years has done this uh, amazing event every year. And this year, no exception. Angel Manuel Soto, Camila Marone. Are you excited to meet anyone tonight? Yeah, I've met uh, Angel and I haven't met Camila. And so I'm excited about meeting her and and the other folks, the students that are here and everybody. This is always a really special night. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, the one and only Senator, um, sorry, Representative Castro. All right. That was the classic cut. Cheryl Crow. All I want to do is have some fun. Again, she's one of the inductees for the 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I got to see her this past Saturday. Oh, at the you Ocean's know, Calling be the Festival. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now, Al. What? It should be the music hall of fame because you have like oh, rap in there. And you, have country, you have everything but country in there for the most part. I mean, oh. I, I kind of agree with that. You do. I, I see. I think a lot of music is influenced by rock and roll, even though it may be kind of fall under different genres. So, the case of Cheryl Crow, she was a little country, she was a little pop, she was a little bit rock and roll. So. And, and yeah, but cases, her always still rock. So I mean, I understand that, but I'm just saying the the Hall of Fame should be like the Music Hall of Fame, not the yeah. Rock but you know, I got some uh, music stuff. We'll, we'll throw that in with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But uh, now that we got Wes here, let's talk a little bit about Disney Plus. Of course, all of us are broadcasting now, so we haven't seen the finale of Ahsoka yet. But uh, I'm excited to see the finale. Um, Heard mixed Darth- things are. Wait, wait, hold on. Did you see the Did you see the finale? No, but uh, one of my buddies saw it, and he was like, he wasn't giving any spoilers, but he's like, I think this one's going to have a lot of people with uh, very mixed reviews. And I was like, Oh, oh I okay. I mean, well, could I ask a question? I mean, there are some rumors out there. Do you, are the rumors true about what they're doing? Oh, I don't know. I, 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 again, I haven't you know, seen like it. the internet rumors about it. Okay. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. It's the about rumors. the finale or about the show itself? About the finale. The go finale, ahead, was, like, I mean, the rumors I heard were they want the force is no longer going to exist. The witches are going to destroy the force, and it's just going to be magic now. Wow. So hopefully well, that's not the case. I mean, but that would totally that's, that's, uh, go against the would, uh, secret trilogy. Yeah, well, I was secret, say that would negate everything that comes after it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly, the the Force does come back in, in time for the sequel trilogy, so that could be that period of time when there's none. But that'd be kind of crazy. But I don't. That seems a little hasty because we we're supposed to get a Mandalorian movie. Well, yeah, a, a yeah but Mandalorian doesn't have the Force. That well, can... true, but we're we're gonna. It's all about Thrawn, and 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 it's also Ahsoka and the Mandalorian and all the characters from that timeline. So I. Yeah. I'm very curious that it's a crazy, crazy theory. Um, but, you know, I've been very, very happy with the series. I mean, uh, Ahsoka Tano, played by Rosario Dawson, has been great. Definitely loving some Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Harrison Dula. And the actress that plays Sabine Wren. Whew, man, is she a hottie. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen the... her before, so she's a... Yeah. I don't I don't recognize her for anything. Natasha Liu Bordizzo, yeah. Um and just Shinati, the um I guess the apprentice of uh, Balin Skull. Yeah, I haven't seen the... her name. 
Yeah, the late Ray Stevenson, rest in peace. Um, yes. I mean, every character has just been so solid so far. In, I mean, I don't know. I mean, series. I still think it's. I, I still. I think it's okay, but I, I still just view it as a B series. You know what I mean? I don't view it as a. Really? But you still you ranked it number two though, didn't you? I did rank it number two, but again, that's a B series, not number. You see what okay. I'm saying? Yeah. So I mean, it's better than some of the other stuff, but it's not like mind blowing. You know what I mean? So we. Last week, Paul and I ranked the live-action Star Wars series, and uh, we kind of agreed. Actually, we should get their ranks. Yeah, so we started, um, uh, we thought Mandalorian was number one. That includes all three seasons, with three having a lackluster season. Number two being Ahsoka. Number three, Paul, remind us. Was uh, it Andor? It was Andor, yeah. And then Andor. Mm-hmm. And then Obi-Wan and Book of Boba Fett yep. kind of tied for the last place. Or do you haven't seen Ahsoka yet? You haven't seen Ahsoka yet, okay. Yeah. How would you rank before you have seen anything else? Uh, hold on. Yeah, so there's um obviously Mandalorian with three seasons. We have Book of Boba Fett. We have Andor and Obi Wan and Ahsoka. So Wes, do you have um? Would you be able to rank those in the in your opinion the Uh, best to worst? Book of Boba Fett be the last because that was garbage. Um, I'd probably put really Andor, series, like yeah. I'm going to do worst to best. Okay. Um, but book of Boba Fett and or, because I just, I, I don't know. I couldn't get into it. Um, I love, um, rogue one, but I just could not get into Andor. Um, right. yeah, it's a tough one for the last two, right? The last three, but I, I, I like, cause I, I really like the last half of Obi-Wan. But I think Ahsoka was overall a better show than Obi-Wan. So probably Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and then, of course, Mando is the the best. Yes, especially the first two seasons. Uh, The third season, I guess, is debatable, but still pretty, pretty solid. Um, But, uh, yeah, interesting theories that uh, you had there, Paul, about what we can expect. I I expect a a cameo. We already saw C-3PO, but uh, I'm... Curious if we're going to see another jaw-dropping cameo I heard or there return. Is a cameo. There is a cameo. Ooh, yeah, ooh. I heard there is a cameo, but I made a point That's to be exciting. like, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's not. I guess let's not guess unless you want to. Okay. Who would you want? So who would you want to see? So this is who I want to see because I haven't read any anything on on this, but it's feasible. I would love to see Mace Windu fucking return because the guy is not dead, and. uh he said in Star Wars Celebration that that he uh, fell out that window, but he did not die, and uh, that is canon. Sam Jackson's the only person to say that. Nobody else has confirmed that he. Uh, no, no, oh, no one else confirmed that. <laughs> Correct. Uh, he, he wants to come back, but he no wants one to else. Come back. Yeah, but he'll have that Jedi trip with the missing hands. Remember to just get robot hands like everybody else. <laughs> we only lost everybody one in Star Wars that the Jedi loses a hand at one point in time. That's true. Who would you like to I just want to see. I want a live action Hondo Anaka. Well, that'd be cool. Han and Chewbacca. No, Hondo, Hondo, no, Anaka. he's a pirate. Oh, so okay. So if you've been to if you've been to Hollywood Disney World or Disneyland, they have a yes. live action animatronic. Yes. And they also have an actor on screen in the makeup, and it's Jim Cummings' voice. As Hondo Anaka, oh, the guy performing it. Okay. So they have the makeup and the the suit. I just want to see Hondo Anaka 
in live action with Jim Cummings voicing it. Interesting. That's a good one. And if I had to say somebody I'd, I'd want to see, it would be a, a Quinlan Voss. Yeah, Quinlan Voss. Yeah, he because right. he's mentioned his uh, his name is in uh, Obi Wan. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, a good and point. Obi Wan's in that shack hiding from Vader, and there are mm-hmm. all those names. His name is listed. Was, I don't think. Well, it's didn't, didn't, well, wasn't there like a scene in Episode One where he was like in a cantina? They were going to do something with him, and they just never did. Maybe no, it was episode. I don't know if Chris one was episode one or episode three. He, there was a Quinlan Voss in there. Like they made a. They, Quinlan was probably. Okay, they a, made a cameo of him, but they didn't actually. But you could see it was him, and they actually made a figure of it too. So. With guys, you know what I think? I think because they mentioned Senator Leia Organa, that it would make sense to have her come back in the finale. They mentioned her name. They could do the Uncanny Valley oh, thing wow, again. Pretty um, miffed at um, at her usage in um, the third uh, uh, sequel film, Rogue One. Oh, Rogue One, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of I, I remember hearing a lot of people complain about that. And I'm like, yeah, it, it, didn't look, it didn't look good at all. That's well, I, I will yeah, say, yeah. I will say that had her family's blessing. So, like, I appreciate people being upset, but like, the family, the family okay says yes, and they're okay with it. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you. Like the CGI wasn't as great as it could have yeah. been. But it's it's uh, really leaps and bounds now, hasn't it? I oh mean, yeah. I, I I think honestly, like at this point, bringing Leia into it is just it's almost bad taste. Because like I can understand young Luke because Mark Hamill's yeah. still alive. Yeah. Or even like bringing a de-aged Han Solo in momentarily because yeah. you like, but you you'd have to go full CGI or using old footage well uh, what like, did you think on red one with them bringing back uh peter cushing because mm. peter cushing was long dead too when rug one came out still right. hasn't gotten approved for sure for this family yeah I, I don't know i mean they did a they did a good job with that but like leia is such a beloved character that it, you'll get yeah. so much more pushback than you would tarkin yeah. Honestly, I think this. when I think when she flew out of the ship, they should have just kill her then and there and just be done with it. And they. Oh God. What, Wes, your wheels were turning. Wes. Daughter, if they got her daughter to be the the motion capture actor, yes, then I'd be okay with it. There you right. go. I agree. Agreed. 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 Hundred uh, percent. It's funny you mentioned Rogue One because uh, Gareth Edwards has was being interviewed uh, recently for The Creation. Is that what the title of the movie is? The Creator. The Creation. The Creator. That was actually but a good did, movie. I mean, which like if Wes liked already, Rogue One, he would like The Creator. So it Rogue looks One, good. I want to see it. It looks amazing, but he did talk about Rogue One, and he said that the, there's stuff out there on the internet about what happened on the film and a lot of inaccuracy about extensive reshoots. And he's going to say there was not extensive reshoots. The only thing that they did additional is that infamous Darth Vader hallway scene. That's the thing that they yeah. added to the film. Um, and that's the uh, reshoots I heard was the, that last bit with Leia. Exactly. That's the only thing. I think they're getting a little mixed up with Solo, which actually had to have reboot uh, reshoots rather. But yeah, Rogue One, no. Reshoots. No, yeah, Rogue One did not have a ton of reshoots. It was I, I didn't solid get, I, I don't know. I heard the battle scenes. They had to cut a lot, a lot of that out because it was too. Uh, they said it was too violent for a Star Wars movie, which I mean, I think mm-hmm. 
the creator has some of those battle scenes that would have been in Rogue One in the creator. Like a, yeah. the, the way he has it written in that. I think they would have been kind of like that in Rogue One. But I think they might might have been. They were filmed, but I think they were taken out. I don't know if it was a reshoot. I think they just took them out. Interesting. Okay. And, and then that, I heard the Rogue One also, like, originally they were going to have the two main characters live. And then they were like, no, let's just kill them off. Just so, I mean, I think that changed too. But yeah, as far as everything else on Rogue One, I th- think everything else stayed the same. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Andor season two to see um, how how Andor meets Jyn Erso, played by Felicity Jones, because uh, eventually, yes, they do meet. Um, well, he has to meet the robot too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah K2SO. Uh, K2SO, they'll all be a part of season two of Andor and. Can't wait to see it. Um, and of course, if you want to see more Rosario Dawson, not just as Ahsoka Tano, you can see her in Haunted Mansion, which drops on Disney Plus. Um, as you know, I, I like that movie. I mean, I, Disney's had some bad movies, and I thought that movie was okay. Good, good, because now I'm definitely going to watch it because now it's available. Uh, Plus, it sure. also has Danny DeVito. Anything with Danny DeVito is good too, because Danny DeVito yeah. is just Danny DeVito. It had Lucky Stanfeld, uh, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, yeah, as you mentioned, Danny DeVito, Hassan uh, Minaj, and Jamie Lee Curtis, and Jared Leto. So, yeah, had a lot of uh, great names. I will say, Hassan Minaj, if you saw him in the trailer, that's uh, that's this whole scene. Like, he is in there for just that whole bit. Wow. (laughs) Kind of like, what's his face from The Boys? uh the, the the actor was in uh oppenheimer for like a second and he didn't have any lines yeah no no he has lines <laughs> like everything that you saw in that scene in the tra- in the trailer that's yeah. the that's the entire that's all of the scene. yes yeah but they it. actually um remind me of the actor f- uh, that's related to uh somebody on the bo- on the boys he's uh oh god what's his name but anyway he was booked on that role and he was pretty much relegated to background work um, well no, yeah. The main character on uh, the boys, um, oh, Hugh. His, oh, his dad is uh, a famous Huey. Uh, played. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can yes, picture the actor plays Huey. His dad's a famous actor, and uh, it was crazy. But that's, I mean, this guy actually had no lines, which is like what? <laughs> kind of blown away by Jack that. Uh, well, like thank Dan- you, Daniel thank Craig you. Stormtrooper. What's well, yeah, but. He, Daniel you know, Craig, Daniel Craig as a stormtrooper and like a, what was yeah, it? Yeah, he did. He yeah. did have a cameo as a, as a, a stormtrooper. But let's hopefully the cameo that we're gonna see on Ahsoka's finale is gonna be a lot more <laughs> impactful than uh, Daniel uh, Craig the stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, then Daniel Craig the stormtrooper. That's for sure. Um, anyone excited about Loki season two? So that drops on Thursday. Uh, wife yes. saw that yesterday. Oh, she got a. You know what? Your wife always gets the sneak peeks. <laughs> how does she, she get the sneak peeks? She um she works with a company that uh, she reviews the stuff afterwards, like influencer yeah. uh, influencer. Yeah. I used to go with her with everything, but uh, we have a kid now, so <laughs> I had to stay home with as, the kid. As uh, one of the most famous cosplayers in the DMV, yes, uh, of course, that that would make a lot the of sense. First two episodes of season two and she she said that the first one was better really than yeah okay wow but okay is the second one at least like a continuation for is it like I mean, a she downgrade? Liked them both. 
Okay, got. Gotcha. She liked them both. She just said that the the the, the premiere was okay. better than the second episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I, I'm reading a review that it's a lot like Doctor Who in season two, which I think is an interesting comparison with all the makes sense. You know, the time traveling. Now, now movies. what's season yeah. of Doctor Who? Because Doctor Who's quality kind of went downhill a little bit. <laughs> That's actually yeah, good. Yeah, they just what? compared Tom Hiddleston to the Doctor in this particular review of it. Um. And of course, Jonathan Majors, he hasn't had any repercussions yet. He'll, he'll his character's still going to remain in, in season two. And then, of course, Kihi Juan from Everything Everywhere All at Once and the Goonies will be there. And I he's so such an iconic. I still think that, you know, work. they dropped the ball on Indiana Jones so yes. much by not using him. Yes. Yes. Agreed. But I'm, you know what? I think because it was shot right before Everything Everywhere All at Once became a hit. But I'd. But still, it's like you, you still just even if it comes out and says hi, like solid. It. I mean, it's like who cares? <laughs> yeah, that, there, the, you know? I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, but like that end scene would have been the perfect place to bring him in because that. Oh yeah, with everybody, all yeah. three. Yeah, it would have tied all three movies together. Yeah. And then, then it could have also brought in a ghost with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> the force ghost of Shia LaBeouf in the end character. All right, so they're confirming that season two of Loki, which is the only Marvel series to have a second season so far, um, picks off pretty much exactly where the first season left off. Got all it. right. Yeah, before charting on its own storytelling path, and all the the cast is back, uh, including Jonathan Majors as um, another version of of Hang, because as you know, he who shall remains was was killed off in season one. Um, so he will be back as an, an entirely different uh, variant or version of variant. Um, so yes, so it's really exciting. Um, you know, uh, we're just finishing Ahsoka for all you Star Wars fans, and then we'll jump directly into Marvel. So it's very smart to to space out these shows because it's all, it's, you're going to have viewers. You should not drop a Marvel and Star Wars show at the same time. And then stop completely for yeah. a few months because then you'll lose subscribers. So they're smart. They're smart to to keep keep that train going. They just well, I don't know. They need to keep the quality up. I mean, not just the quantity. Because if you just keep throwing well, stuff out, eventually you're gonna get the fatigue. Yeah, yeah, that's what Iger has said. Like he's going to be slowing down the quality, the quantity of everything, and increasing yeah. the quality because he realized they were just cranking out and dropping yeah. stuff left and right. Mm-hmm. All they gotta think, do is make more stuff like Werewolf by Night. Oh my God, that's so good! Just make one shots. Yeah. Like you don't have to have six episode series where half of half or three quarters of the show is filler. Just make one uh, shot. Right. Give me a Howard the Duck one shot from where he goes from Guardians One <laughs> to Guardians Three. I, I mean, that's what I want. I like it. I like it. And then yeah, wind up in the movie somehow. Well, they say yeah. there's an edited version of Obi-Wan out there of the series cut down to a movie, one movie length. And it, it's supposedly uh, a good, it's watchable. I haven't seen it, but so as you I mean, talk you about get the fluff, rid of 90% of the filler that was in the first three episodes, get rid of the sister, sister, the third sister. Well, I mean, I like know. WandaVision, I mean, I understand what they were doing, but couldn't you have just done one version where like it shows all the different TV ideas? It was like, just kind of like, it just kind of got repetitive after a while. You know what I mean? 
I don't know. That was so unique, though. So yeah. I think that's forgiving. You know, that was very forgiving because we never seen anything like that. It was just like weird, that. though. It's just and like I think a lot of people tuned off because of that. Oh, oh no, I, I bet hard on that show. I I disagree. That was one of my favorite uh, of the Marvel also, series so uh, far. During the pandemic, so like everybody yeah, was yeah. Just, so just watching anything. There yeah. you go. I watched the whole that's show it. about Tiger King. Oh, it was Tiger Queen, Tiger King, WandaVision, Queen's Gambit. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I think you'd be harder <laughs> pressed to see somebody who didn't watch Tiger King than you did. Like, that's absolutely. <laughs> All right, um, let's um, drop a few more TV stuff before we get into wrestling because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, so network TV is back with the talk shows because the writer strike wrapped up. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Late Show with well, Stephen isn't Colbert. Me, here, here's what I, I, every one of those guys should not have a job. Like, I guarantee you if it was Jay Leno out there, he would do his own stuff. Johnny Carson could do his own stuff. If you need writers to tell your jokes, you should not be hosting a show. Because that tells me right. you have no no quantity. Maybe Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon I have to say because he can sing and stuff. I think of the <laughs> bunch, you might actually have talent, but the other guys are just morons and they have no talent whatsoever <laughs> Stephen colbert is just chump jokes that's all he is and fa- and uh, uh i mean they're just awful all i know you have like, a, i know you have a problem not, with all those like, chump jokes know, the other thing was it's like they did live You're daytime shows, You're... so i mean you have people who aren't comedians that can actually do normal talk shows it's like how can these guys not be able to do a talk show with writers you know what i mean that tells well, me how truly pathetic and how bad they suck well the problem paul is that those are wega union shows and if they would have done their shows even without writers it would have been really it would have been the same thing that's the same reason that drew barrymore got slammed like yeah but kelly clarkson does the show every day and she doesn't have writers and she's a singer right but she doesn't bring on like sag actors and performers and things like I'm that. I'm sure she does. I don't I also don't think she's it. a I don't think she's a WGA union show either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well what about uh Whoopi Goldberg? She's she never went off the air and she's definitely SAG. She's probably WGA in some way. That I don't know. She probably doesn't hire WGA. I mean the views definitely hire... I mean somebody on the view has gotta be WGA. If you hired WG writers from the beginning you have to. You had to. You have um, to do this. In hiatus until. But like I mean, like Conan O'Brien, I think wrote his own stuff. I mean, it's like as I said, and he was WGA. He was actually so. It's like, but the comedians, if you're yeah. a comedian, you should be able to do your material without writers. And uh, I just I have no uh, respect well, for people who can. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I don't mind them ha- hiring somebody here and there to do, like write a skit here or there, but you could still do the interviews without writers. Okay, that's fair, but you got to be happy that the writer strike is now over, and now we can focus on SAG-AFTRA strike. As yeah. this Wednesday, October fourth, is the first time that negotiations will resume between SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP, so us actors and screenwriters and filmmakers can get back to work here on the panel. I mean, uh, from what I you understand, know. it's not going to be a fast thing. Uh, from what I I heard, it could go out past January. That's how bad and bad it. I think it, it could. I think the more complicated thing is the AI because uh, it's interesting because no, it's, I don't think that, I think releasing the numbers as I was telling you before it's like you can, if you have yeah. a streaming service you cannot let people ever know how many people watch it because otherwise they're done I mean they're all stream half the streaming networks are 
gone right off the bat if they release their yeah. number because like i mean i understand the fairness but their stock prices go down they're they have too much so i have a hunch you're never gonna agree to that the ai thing we might have some a negotiation thing for but does they're never going to release those numbers. I mean, I know you said Netflix is more generous and does it, but the other ones I don't think will. Did you, did you see the news on Tom Hanks? There's actually a dental ad with a, an AI image of himself. It looks like a younger version of him. And it's yeah. also his son, Colin Hanks. And apparently it was used uh, for the ads AI modeling and was posted online way back in 2014. And um yeah tom tom hanks actually posted on his instagram about a beware there's a video out there promoting some dental plan with an ai version well, of me i have nothing to well do something with happened it. wasn't like joe rogan didn't he have one of those come out and he had to denounce it there's been a bunch yeah yeah um also uh zelda williams who's the daughter of robin williams expressed her opinion about ai and said that her dad uh even though he passed away in 2014 um she's noticed that um that they've used robin williams voice um in certain things uh apparently they've gotten his to use robin's voice to say whatever people want and, and she finds it very disturbing and as you should you know i mean that's not right I, I personally i don't think it should be used in anything unless but i don't even like the fact that like even like a bruce willis signed over his rights to use his image and voice in future films because i just don't think it's right i think you need to move so his, on. You need to come up with new actors, new. I mean, same same with James Earl Jones. Even granted, he's an iconic voice of Darth Vader. Yes. But you're eventually going to have to pass the torch. There, there's somebody else playing the yeah. now. So, so there's somebody else that's doing the voice of uh, Darth Vader, and there's somebody else that's Chewbacca, and those torches been officially passed. Yeah. Okay. But, but I thought they. I thought James Earl Jones was trying to voice. He did. But he he's, also pre-recorded a bunch of stuff. Exactly. Oh, okay. they, they, he signed his voice away. But as you know, Darth's voice, or sorry, Darth's voice, but James Earl Jones' voice. Is, Not my voice. the same. Yeah. <laughs> his voice has changed over the years. You know, he's in, what yeah. is he now? Uh, almost 90? Um, yep. His voice is yeah. not the same anymore. So, yeah, you had to sign the voice away of the younger James Earl Jones version of Darth Vader to, to authentically yeah. sound like Darth Vader, you know. So, They've done similar things, um, like for example, with Lance Reddick. They they recast his character in Destiny, but they said oh. we have a lot of unreleased uh, um, dialogue that he recorded before he died. So they're they're uh-huh. gonna use cool. him uh, for I guess whatever else they have left for the uh, the the final shape or whatever the most recent like thing is. And then but, after but that, uh, I think it's Keith David's gonna take. Now that would be okay as long as they're the right contract. That's why you know the actors are on strike to make sure there's a a proper contract in place for things like that, Wes, uh, of using the voice, the likeness of a an actor that's deceased. You know, so. But see, yeah, that's, yeah. that's video game, right? So video games well, are a whole different thing because it's all just the uh, voice work. Just it's, like it's they all Batman the animated series with somebody else. I mean, I know it wouldn't be the same, but it's still the same type of thing where it's like. Video games aren't actually like CGI images yeah. or virtual images of somebody who like might be dead. Yeah. So I don't as think long as like either, it's just his voice. Yeah. Just the voice for the video game. Yeah. Michael, you had you had something to add. Um. Yeah. I mean, honestly, as long as you have the family's permission, that's 
one thing, but when you're getting into territories where you're not using the family's permission, you're just blindly doing it. Like I know there's a website called Corridor Digital that uh, will kind of do their, but they're just showing what the technology can do and they're being right. very transparent that it's not the actor. Like they actually show the behind the scenes of how they did it. Yeah, they're very CG. Yeah, yep. they're really good. Yeah, and that, that makes a lot of sense there, Mike. Cause, uh, but the problem, as you also have like the thing that people can use it for different nefarious purposes like i mean there was an ad out um from uh uh that showed donald trump hugging fauci that never happened but they cg they did a ai of donald trump hugging fauci on this ad for uh, the sanus and it's like that was that was ai it was like not a real thing that might have been done for comedic purposes but when no, 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 passed... no it was actually done on the ad they made it seem like he was like friends with okay. the sand with, with uh, Fauci and he wasn't but then that was that he got called out on it but that's just one small example who knows what they could do in the future you yeah, know what I mean it's, it's, it's going to be absolutely insane what they can do but I agree with Mike if 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 the person has passed on as long as the the family has approval and the family can right. monetize that's the important part because you know you want to give back to the family after somebody's passed away. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, the one thing I, I don't agree with at all is is scanning background actors so they could be yes. reused again and again yeah. and again and again. No, that's not right. But they do that anyway. Like when I worked on Creed, uh, they had the, that's how they did the fight scenes. They like had a group of people sit in the same rows and they just kind of CGI'd them in the, in the different spots. So. Yeah, but you're still an extra in that being like relocated around the theater. But it's different to be like, let's say you worked on Creed and then somebody comes along with like movie B, which is not even Creed related. And they're like, well, I just really like this, this CGI of this extra. But you, yeah, that, that, that's not right at all. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have generic. Uh, not without. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, but that's, exactly. but that, that's one of the things on the table with the studios to be able to scan your likeness to be able to use you as like a background extra yeah. without consent and anything else. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that at all. And I also I still don't agree with the fact like if somebody dies or somebody passes on, you need to pass the torch. Like, I mean, otherwise you have Humphrey Bogart, like like if he was still like I mean, like in films nowadays, because he was a famous actor back in the day. So people were like, hey, he's a great actor. Let's just put him in everything or let's put uh, yeah. let, a better example is Tom Cruise. Let's just put Tom Cruise in every movie and be like, screw any other upcoming actors. Don't give anybody else a chance. You know what right. I mean? It's like you can't use people forever. You need right. to pass the torch. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, looks like we uh, should probably give, be moving on at this point. Um I'm going to skip celebrity gossip, just go into uh, some music-related stuff, but this is kind of mind-blowing uh, news because Tupac Shakur is from Baltimore, if you didn't know, he went to Baltimore School for the Arts, and they just made an arrest. Uh, man, this has been a case. Uh, the shooting took place in 1996. You know, yeah. it's like, right. that's, that's a long time. How many years is that? And they're just finally arresting somebody. Uh, well, they, I mean, didn't they have more information of the Biggie case than the Tupac case, and they still want to make an arrest in the Biggie case? I didn't hear about that. but uh, I heard, like, they, they made a movie about, like, some police officer who solved it, basically. And they were like, no, we're not going to go follow this lead or whatever. Really? I forget what the movie was called, but there was a movie about that. Like, actual, yeah. like, based off the book from this police officer. So, supposedly, he's called... Oh, Wes, you said you had a comment. No, I was agreeing. I said I think I vaguely know what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's interesting because 
rest in peace, Koki, who was a fixture on this show. He actually went to high school with Tupac and That's Jada cool. Pinkett Smith. And Jada Pinkett was interviewed recently about uh, his her friendship with Tupac Shakur when they were friends uh, growing up at the Baltimore School for the Arts. And uh, actually, Jada said on her Instagram story, now I hope we can get some answers and have some closure. Rest in peace, Pac. So this Dwayne Davis apparently was in the passenger seat when uh, he was when Tupac was shot and killed. So um, and he never de- denied being in that white Cadillac that pulled up next to Shakur. But, uh, you know, he wasn't the person that pulled the trigger. But now now that he's been arrested. Now you can kind of do the, the plea to try to yep. get more information to arrest the actual shooter. So it's, it's a break in the case for sure. Um, and uh, I hope, uh, yeah, we get some justice for both Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls for sure. Um, because I'm sure it's all related and eventually yeah. they will legitimately solve the, the Biggie case as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we mentioned uh, Cheryl Crow being inducted to the hall of fame. So uh, joining yeah, Cheryl Crow includes Willie Nelson Missy Elliott again, again, music hall of fame, not rock yeah, and roll hall of fame. Willie Nelson or, and Missy Elliott do not belong in a rock and roll <laughs> hall of fame. I don't care what you well, say. How, Neither one of them is rock and roll. How about the, the how about this one? Kate Bush running up that hill, <laughs> rock and roll baby. George <laughs> Michael, Ray. Oh, here's one. Rage Against the Machine. That's rock and roll, right, Paul? Rage Against the Machine. You agree? They're kind. I guess kind of. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I can run, run, yeah. <laughs> and the. But snap. not Willie Nelson or. Uh, yeah. Missy Elliott. That's nowhere close. Yeah. Yeah. And um. Wow. This new venue in Vegas blows me away. In fact, you two took the stage. It's called the Sphere in Vegas. Yeah, and it's, it's the cool. most crazy venue, dude. It's it's a literal yeah. sphere, LED display, uh, like surrounding you, like. 360 style, oh, I guess, sorry. because it's a big sphere. It cost 2.3 billion to make, and apparently uh, is going to be the go-to um, venue when visiting Vegas. And I hope I get to see it on my next trip to Vegas. But if you see videos of this venue, it's mind-blowing. Cool. It's cool. I have, right? that, I have a friend that attended the YouTube concert, and she's just like, you, you periods of time forgot the band was there because you are literally surrounded by a screen and like they did shots of the desert that she that were she could have sworn were real and wow. different things that went on the whole time that just completely like surrounded the space yes very very immersive because immersive pop-ups have been the thing lately now they kind of brought that immersive experience into the actual venue so that's pretty pretty cool uh, let's see. Taylor Swift still with uh, Travis Kelsey, it seems. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of that, girl did you hear about this today? Did you hear about this? Uh, what Aaron Rodgers said about Travis Kelsey? What did he say? He gave him a nickname. He calls okay. him Mr. Pfizer because he does Pfizer ads for the COVID shot. <laughs> I mean, so he's, maybe, he's taking a lot of fun. I mean, like if he were like a going after Aaron Rodgers for saying that, but it's kind I of fun to like Well, maybe that was Taylor Swift's requirement that he be vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be vaccinated to date Taylor Swift. Before you make out and have sex, Travis, you're going to have to... But apparently, you have to, have to sign up your rights to allow me to write a song when we break up. Yeah, that's true. 
So 27 million viewers tuned in to the Sunday Night Football, um, Kansas City Chiefs and New York Jets game. And it's right. because of apparently their Taylor, Taylor Swift tending has boosted the ratings, um, which is absolutely insane. Wow, that is just crazy. Um, but uh, so well, didn't that happen with Tony Romo when he was dating? What's her name? Um, shoot, the girl from Duke's. Oh, um, yes, yes. Yeah. The, uh, she was. He was dating. Tony Romo was attached to Carrie Underwood, I believe. No, it wasn't Carrie Underwood. It was no. Oh. It was the girl from the Duke. Oh. The Duke's Kristen, Hazard, Ka- um, Kristen, uh, Kristen Cavallari. Jessica no. Simpson. Jessica Simpson. Okay, Jessica Simpson. I knew she was blonde. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have a long list if you were just going to name all the blonde actresses. Stacy Keebler and that's Baltimore's own Stacy Keebler. That's, that's for very sure. true. Well, well let's segue. Let's segue to wrestling, guys. We're, we're, um, is that the perfect time? You mentioned Stacy Keebler. Let's go into WWE um, with the huge AEW jaw-dropping moment, which we'll mention later. Don't say a problem. We'll get to it. <laughs> okay. But let's talk about, um, as we do every um, month here on BTB, is go over the predictions for the upcoming formerly pay-per-view, now premium live event. And this, I have a, a prediction about a possible debut. Can I make that, or do you want to wait on that one? Well, we, we won't count for the picks. I mean, we're only at five matches, but we can mention it after. But uh, so Fastlane's okay. coming up, uh, and it's this Sunday, uh, Saturday. Uh, sorry, not this Sunday. This Saturday. October 7th in Indianapolis, Indiana. And this past Raw, they just announced uh, a major tag team match as Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso will join forces to challenge Finn Balor and Damian Priest uh, for the Undisputed Tag Team Championship. So, um, yeah, that match is made official on Raw. Um, so let's start with that match and go around and, uh, let's go ahead and uh, mention our predictions, uh, for that particular match. Um, Michael Doherty, let's have you start. Uh, which one are we talking about again? The tag team championship Finn Balor and Damian priest defending against Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. Uh, I think they're going to keep it hmm. unless they're looking to implode uh that faction i think they're going to keep it solid solid reasoning and solid prediction all right west whitlock what's your prediction yeah I, i'm gonna agree i don't think they're ready to quite uh get rid of the judgment day yet um with dom losing his belt um i, I don't think they're ready for um damian priest to to lose his his tag titles and and pull the trigger on his um his briefcase yet so i think they're going to keep it i agree with both of you um i i can't see jimmy sorry not jimmy but jay and cody rhodes with the straps it visually just doesn't look right because at the end of the day he's an uso and he, if he's going to be a tag chain champion it's going to be with the bloodlines later i just visually i can't picture it and because i can't picture it i'm going to pick uh also, Finn Balor and Damian Priest retaining the titles. All right, big yeah. call. Well, I'm going to go to opposite and say I think Cody and uh, uh, the Uso is going to win it because I mean I think what they're going to really? do is try to set something up between the bloodline and them for the tag team titles. You know what I mean? Because it's like why why not? Because I mean now you have somebody 
because you had that division in the bloodline, it's like, why not have a set something up for so a match of, later on down the road to give give the tag team titles back in the bloodline? The only reason I don't think they're going to do that is I think they're going to save Jay versus Jimmy Uso at WrestleMania. So they're yeah, going to keep yeah, them but they do, yeah, well, they could still do that as a single match, too. But as I said, that would also be a good. Mm, that's the main reason like, they, they want to keep well, I, them apart. I, I think they're going to use this uh, Finn and Damian keeping it as a way for Dom to have redemption. I don't think he's going to win the title again on NXT, I uh, but I, but I think he's going to come in and be like the linchpin as to why, because it's the numbers game with Judgment Day. Yeah. yeah, and he's either going to be a deciding factor in their success or their loss. But I like I agree with Wes. I don't think they're going to make him drop it anytime soon. That would probably. Be well, I mean, that doesn't mean they won't the win it back. Show. As I said, I just think think they're going to use it as a stepping stone to try to go up against the bloodline. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the next match. Um, let's uh, let's go to the probably the undercard match. Uh, LWO versus Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Which members of LWO? They didn't mention. I imagine it will definitely be Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio, and then yeah. we'll have to be one of the other two. Um. Man, I think they need to give the rub to Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits for this one. Um, Ray's already a United States champ. I mm. think there might be. I think they might be hinting at it, maybe a Santos heel turn, maybe because of their their, their recent match. So that this could kind of set up possible turn um, if they wanted to go that route. But um, I don't know. I can't see Bobby Lashley and Street Profits losing this particular match. So, and I think they're going to pin um, probably the uh, one of the other two LWO members that was not mentioned. It won't be Ray. It won't be Santos. They're going to keep those two strong. They're going to pin whichever one is the third member. That's my prediction. All okay. right. Going next. Let's go with Paul next. I agree with Al. I mean, I, I think uh, they're just, uh, if anything, they might just keep a belt off of Ray just to maybe face Dominic and something. But I mean, I, I think, I don't think the LWO is going to win that match. Okay. All right. Wes. Um, so I, I, I think, I think you're both right, but I think, I think Ray is going to take the fall and that's going to lead to a, U.S. title match and Bobby will get it back because I think Ray was he was only given the belt just to get it off of uh, Austin Theory. Austin Theory, right? Um, so I, I think that uh, I think that Ray will eat the pin, um, and then that'll set up something between him and Bobby Lashley. Interesting. That's a good prediction there. Interesting scenario. Okay, Michael Doherty. Uh, yeah, I think we're all in agreement on the outcome, but I think I'm in agreement with Wes. Only because, you know, the Street Profits pinning one of the lower guys isn't going to give them as big of a rub as Ray getting the pin if they're really trying to put this new faction over. Yes, that's an interesting prediction. Okay. But at the end of the day, we're all picking. Because he's not losing the belt. And he's right. Like, Ray Mysterio could lose for the rest of his career and still be over. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, too. But, yes, all of us picking LWO. All right, let's move on to the WWE. <laughs> Actually, we all didn't pick LWO. We picked LWO to lose. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we were all lost on that one. Uh, we're all picking Bobby Lashley Street Profits. Thank you, Paul. Sorry. That's my my bad. 
Uh, moving on, the women's championship. Oh man, this is an interesting one. Io Sky defending against Charlotte Flair and Asuka. Man. All right, let's start with Wes. Oh, of course you start with me, damn it. Uh, <laughs> I got I, I get this wrong every time with the uh the women when Charlotte's involved. <laughs> oh, oh god damn it. Um the tough one. <laughs> I'm gonna say that she retains. Neo Sky retains and wins. All right. All right. Uh, who hasn't gone second yet? Um, Michael hasn't gone second yet, I don't think. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Asuka. I think sets up a nice opportunity for EOS guy to kind of prove herself again. Yeah. I think EO is a transitional champion as well. Uh, that being said, I'm going to predict. Oh man, um, I think this is this is there's going to be a title change here. Um, oh yeah. Now I'm deciding between the two of them, and I think just to be different, let me Char- let me pick Charlotte Flair Flair on this one. So I'm going to go with Charlotte Flair winning the strap. Big pop. That would put her that would put her above her father if they she did. Yeah. Oh dude, there you go. Is she 15 time champion? Oh I my think she's God. 14 time. She's 14. Then put her right up there with her. Dad. All right. That, that's even sweetens the deal. Get her up to 15. Okay. And then, and then maybe like a WrestleMania, she'll be in the title picture to challenge Ray Ripley or something like that. And I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, um, I know actually, I don't think Ray Ripley is going to sh- wrestle Charlotte. Fair. It's going to be Becky, Becky Lynch or Bianca Belair. I think nonetheless, that's WrestleMania. Uh, Big Paul, I think you're next, right? Yeah, I'll go with Asuka because I mean Asuka has kind of deserves it after all she's been through. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think Asuka, I mean, doesn't she have kind of like a history with the Yo to to kind of like show you up a little bit? Yep. Interesting. That was the okay. that was the reason for my pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I'm the only one uh, picking Charlotte. Um, Wes is uh, picking Io to retain, and both Paul and Rainmaker uh, picking Asuka as a new champion. Okay. Moving on. Yeah, the deciding factor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to the. Um, yeah, let's talk about the two, probably two of the most over uh, wrestlers in WWE right now, the big tag team match which is made official on SmackDown. Uh, John Cena and LA Knight returning from COVID-19 <laughs> as he was off television last week, uh, taking on Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. Darth Paul, I don't think you've gone first yet. Go ahead. Um, do you know what? I might give it to LA Knight just because, I mean, I think he's due for the push. I mean, he hasn't really won much yet, and I think it's the time. I mean, whether or not he, like, Keeps it with John Cena because I don't know how long John Cena is going to be around now. I mean, but with the actor strike, who knows how long John Cena is going to be around? So true. He could be around for a while. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm thinking that they might just play it out, see how it goes, and then like when John Cena has to get film Peacemaker again, they're just kind of have a falling out of some kind. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. Um, I think this is going to be like top of the night kind of match. Um, 
John Cena and all that extremely over. I mean, they could give it the Jimmy and Solo just to maybe maybe they can hint at a feud between LA and John, but I don't know. It's only October, uh, so I don't think they're gonna push a big feud like that this early. So I'm going with John Cena and LA Knight over. Although I do think LA Knight should change his name to Hagerstown Knight. That would make more sense. <laughs> oh my god. He is from Hagger. One one announcer said Hagerstown, Maryland. I started cracking up. <laughs> um, all right, next, uh, let's go with uh, Michael Doherty. Okay, I was gonna be like, are you moving on from Wes and I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I look, I think we're gonna go with like Cena and Knight only because Knight's got a big push behind him. They're not gonna squash him this early unless it's to start a beef with Cena. Right, um, but. The way that they're doing Jimmy right now is that Jimmy's getting too cocky. Jimmy's like, Jimmy's doing everything that Jay's character was accused of being before he quit. So I think this is going to be another in the the coffin of uh, Jimmy Uso and the bloodline. All right. All right, Wes. I'm not about to bet against LA Knight again. He cost me a a total victory. I would have voted LA Knight with that one pay-per-view. I would have got every single answer right. No, we wouldn't have shared a victory, Wes. Yes. All right. So you go with LA Knight. I literally was like, I I literally would have got every answer right if it wasn't just a fucking hater. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're not a fan of LA. Yeah. But if LA Knight was still with Maximum Male Models, you know he would probably gotten released. Him begging Triple H... To, to separate from the maximum male models, which I thought was a funny gimmick, but yeah. it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna push him to the status that he is now. So no, no. that was the my God, the best decision. Um, either whether it was Triple H or LA Knight expressing, you know, not being in that faction of the, the male models that really saved his career. Um, all right, one more match to um, predict, and if there are any additional matches, we'll do our picks via email because there's only five okay. matches. It's got, there's got to be one more, right? Announce the SmackDown, I imagine. But nonetheless, let's. Uh... I have a theory on one one of the matches that might come up. I'll mention it after the fact. Okay, okay. Uh, so the last match that's official is the World Heavyweight Championship match: Seth Rollins defending against Shinsuke Nakamura in a last man standing match. I'll start with you, Paul, because you always have this injury thing with with seth and he's gonna take time away but but seth always wins so are you still going with the same i do you know, i think i still will go with the same i still will go with shinsuke because shinsuke uh okay he he's lost to seth before but i just have a hunch he he needs to win he needs to win because i mean as talented as he is he really doesn't get as many wins as he should yeah that's a good point man it's Ooh, tough, tough, tough prediction. Um, all right, Wes, how about you? I'm going to say Seth Rollins because uh, Vince McMahon is still uh, in power and um, he doesn't believe in Shinsuke. Every time Shinsuke goes for a main belt, he loses. Every time. He is, the only time he's well, ever yeah, won a but, championship is in NXT. But that means he's due. No. <laughs> think, think about this real hard. When has an Asian man ever won one of the main straps? Well, then, Ricky, Jimmy Wang Yang won something once. No, 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 no. The main straps. Oh, not the main straps, no. Well, The Rock is half Pacific Islander. 
Yes. And Yokozuna was uh, also not a Japanese man. He was uh, was also. That's it. Okay. So, I mean, I, I think it should change eventually. Um, but you know what? How about this? How about get a good talker with Shinsuke? Like, a, get a LA Knight to talk for Shinsuke. I mean, or get a Paul Heyman. I mean, I think that's what you need. You need somebody who could talk for him. And I think that would help him out a lot. Because, I mean, he Shinsuke, has the skills. He just doesn't have the, the well, mic skills. But the thing is, he does have the mic skills, Paul. It's just that he doesn't speak yeah. English as a first language. He has a lot of charisma. He does have a lot of charisma, and it shows when he's in the ring and he does his entrances and stuff. So he does he can connect with the crowd. I think he, I think his English has improved over the years. So I think yeah, it's gotten a lot better before he can talk. Yeah, at all, I, I think that I don't think he needs a mouthpiece. Actually, I would disagree with that. But uh, I do. You know, I'm going to say that I want Shinsuke to win, but my prediction is for Seth to retain. And the reason why is I think. Going to the next pay-per-view, I feel like Seth is going to uh, have a, another big... Uh... Well, I also have another theory about that match, too. I have a hunch that they might be setting something up, and somebody might have yeah. a fear. Right. But I don't know if I want to bring that out yet. Okay. Well, okay, so, so you're you're predicting uh, Shinsuke, big call. Um, and then there Wes, might be some interference by somebody else. Wes, you're predicting um, that um, Seth will retain. I'm predicting Seth will retain. Michael, I don't think we've gone to you yet for this world championship match. Uh, I'm going to go with Shinsuke because I feel like interesting. if he continues to lose, then there, it's just going to be one of those things that unless they, unless there's behind the scenes stuff going on, like he's somebody that they could lose to like AEW and that would actually be a big hurt. So by yeah. splashing him all the time, like, that might so, be a loss. I wanna I wanna interject uh, just for that last point. He he's been quoted with saying he likes WWE because he yeah. gets to surf and spend time with his family. So I don't think AEW would necessarily wrestle that away from him unless they had a similar arrangement. Well, it would be a reduced schedule. The, the arrangement would be like a reduced schedule. Yeah, but so, they're also so packed that he would get lost in the shuffle like Keith Lee did. True. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the the five matches. Um, Paul, you okay, had can a I match. bring something up about yeah, my yeah. Uh, about that Shinsuke match then? If we're done with the yeah, prediction, go ahead. Okay, I heard rumors that they WWE may be bringing in CM Punk. What would be a better match? Like if CM Punk interferes, allows Shinsuke to win, and then CM Punk versus Rollins. That'd be amazing. That, that would be a, like that. That's the matchup you would want to see him to have is against Rollins because they have I, similar styles, the, they have similar skills, they have similar mic skills. It's like the, that the would problem be the dream match. Has the problem I have with that is that Rollins has a deep hate, public hatred for CM Punk. Like called him a cancer, told him to stay away. Yeah. So like he, for the top of the uh, decision making, I think. Yeah, but then again, I, as I said, it's still like I mean, I still think like that would be if he legitimately hates him, that might still add to the match. Well, Triple H said that he would do business to make money. Exactly. Yes, yeah, Seth's been like numerous times saying, "I don't want anything to do with that guy." Right. He's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in both organizations. So I, I yeah. yeah, and it's sad because I I used to be a huge CM Punk fan, uh, CM Punk fan, but after. 
knowing his you know his true ways yeah. and how he's reacted backstage and his behavior it's I'm no longer a big fan of CM Punk's. Yeah. Although um, there is a theory going around right now, it's an internet theory that the Bucks and Jack Perry set him up because the Bucks appeared on Collision the last week. Yeah. The okay. the idea that you know create enough tension and drama to, to piss off the guy that we already know we're going to be able to piss off, get him out, and then we yeah. have to shoot him under the Oh, interesting. I think CM Punk is a uh, is a phenomenal wrestler, but he's a giant child, and uh, I'm yes. glad he's. Yeah, yeah, he is. Absolutely. Um, also, but... you're not a fighter. Like you got your ass whipped in uh, the UFC <laughs> twice. One second, uh, in UFC, yeah. right? Like, Absolutely. <laughs> just, yep, and and UFC so many is not stories enough. online of him being a, a a tough guy and getting his ass kicked. Exactly. Well, remember, he wouldn't fight uh, Jason David Frank. J- Jason David Frank called him out, and he, he kept avoiding Jason David Frank after that. Because exactly. Jason David Frank would have beat the shit out of him. That, that's what I'm saying, but I'm just saying, like, he he kept backing down from Jason David Frank. Yeah. So if he was truly tough, he would actually take up Jason David Frank's offer. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people that would back down from Jason David Frank a lot tougher than CM Punk, though. Rest in peace, Jason David Frank. I yes. watched a, a fight that he, he had, and it was like some Asian dude. I don't, they were both jacked. But Jason David Frank beat the shit out of that guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, CM Punk would get smeared by him. Even yeah. undead yeah. Jason David Frank. Oh, yeah. I will, I will back <laughs> it up. He, he said that during an interview uh, that I had with the late, great Jason David Frank, that he's still challenging CM Punk. Come on, man. And I was like, let's see that match. <laughs> let's see that match, Phil. <laughs> All right. Um, the so the match I always wanted, fantasy booking MMA, real yeah. quick, I'm sorry, is the, bat, the, the match of the names. Sean Patrick Flannery versus Jason Jason David Frank. The three three <laughs> names. The match of the names. And that's they're both they both game. love uh, jujitsu. So there you go. I would love to see that too. So yeah, only five matches for Fastlane. Um, they they hinted at some feuds like with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler and Mommy. You know, Rhea Ripley. Why, so. why is Nia Jax back? I thought they got rid of her because she was dangerous to work with. They That's, got rid of her because she had controversial issues about COVID, and she was public about it. But she was also yeah. like really dangerous to work with. Then she actually hurt a bunch of wrestlers because she like doesn't know what she's doing. I mean, yeah. I mean <laughs> she's also related to The Rock, so that might. I know, but I mean, if you're doing that, put her on NXT, get her ready, and then bring her back up. But don't don't put her back into like, normal main Rock, monster. Tamina and uh, Nia Jax were not released to the WWE. Is The Rock? Uh, you know, you know, if it's a rock's relative, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have a well, contract. It's not just the rock's relative, it's anybody with the, the Samoan Hanoi family. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's going back for like Tamina, I feel should have been released years ago. Yeah. But because I no, I honestly think Tamina should have get brought they should have brought Tamina in the bloodline. They should have brought they like, really pulled the Samoan family into the bloodline. That probably would have helped her. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, why don't they do this? Why don't they put Nia Jax and Tamina as a tag team? And I mean, they did it before and just had them as part of the bloodline. Yeah. Now. I mean, because now it's because now you could have the females in the bloodline now against, so you could have female tag team champions yeah. together with the male tag team champions. Yep, yeah, I, I think that would be cool. Well, I also think, honestly, they needed Nia Jax to come back as a monster for Rhea Ripley because Rhea yep. Ripley is kind of turning into 
that like unstoppable monster. monster herself and she already right. she already stopped one monster in the form of Raquel Rodriguez and and now and then uh, you also don't have a uh, Ronda around right now so it's because uh, I think yeah. is she done completely or is her contract up or is she still, she, still she still remains on the WWE superstar website so I think she's still under contract I don't know if they're waiting for a contract to run out or they want to bring her back for WrestleMania but I don't know but Shayna Baszler I think she would be a good uh opponent yeah. for uh, Rhea Ripley as well. She's kind of a tough one too. So, and then of course, speaking of tough people, Gunther. Um, they're hinting at um, Maso Champa challenging Gunther, and that happened on Raw. But then they had the return of uh, DIY uh, with uh, the one and only Johnny Gargano making the save uh, yeah. after, which is cool. Uh, you know when Imperium ganged up on um, Maso Champa. So it'd be cool to see that that tag team in in, in WWE. Yeah. So that'd be really really cool. I'm and also then, wondering if Jade Cargill is gonna come in. Yeah, oh, she's gonna be a monster. She's gonna be a monster if she comes in. Yeah, right. let's talk about that. Jade Cargill, um, the newest um, one of the newest signees. I know Paul, you mentioned Brian Pillman Jr., which was also um, announced as well, but. Uh, yeah, I mean a lot of there's a lot of hype with Jade Cargill signing with WWE, um, which interestingly enough, um, she I think AEW still wanted her, but I think WWE was probably able to match match an offer, and uh, but she's not leaving any like oh, leaving AEW for any heat or any reason. Um, but uh, I think a lot of it has to do with her, her friendship with Cody Rhodes as well. So yeah, yes. Well, she said like in an interview that Cody Rhodes was her inspiration and. Always yeah. like had her back and stuff. So, yep, exactly. So, so, would you like an NXT spoiler for today that might influence everybody's decision that voted against Finn Balor and Damian Priest? Oh wow. Okay. Uh, um. That, that, Dom, that, that, that. Dom is champ again. Dom is champ again. For me, that doesn't affect my pick. Yeah. Send your money in the bank, and Damian, uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor kind of were the deciding factor. Okay, Wes, does that change your pick? No, no, it doesn't change your. Okay, that actually makes my pick stronger because they, they're all champions again. There you go, all champions. That's a that that's a good look. That's a good look to have at stables all champions. Um, also, I'm reading that Kerry Sane is apparently um, Kyrie Sane is returning to WWE after wrapping up her dates in Japan, and she was a she was a great uh, competitor. She had a cheesy gimmick with the pirate hat. Wasn't she still part of like WWE as like an ambassador or something too? She really never left. She just didn't want to something think... happened. Well, I, I thought her husband couldn't come over or something because yeah. of COVID or something, so that's why she didn't want to come over. I think that's yeah. something different than marriage. That's true. Oh, interesting. But interesting that that you mentioned that the Dom is now NXT champion. Yeah. Of course, there's a new NXT uh, main champion, and of course, that's Ilya Dragunov, uh, who won it at the no. Yeah, apparently they're saying that that's a match of the year candidate. Um, I mean, they so... did too much, but I did enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, I have yet to watch watch uh no more there's Japanese. a lot of false finishes like they could have cut like half of them see that's what makes a good match okay. <laughs> all those yeah. false finishes for sure um but we talked about the releases last week in wwe um 
I guess with the full wrestling panel, were there any big shocks, like surprises or, or bad decisions for the releases um, that you thought of? For me, I, I thought it was Elias, uh, Dolph Ziggler. Um, those two were, I think, the, the biggest uh, mistakes, I think. I think they should have kept. In fact, Jim Ross says that Dolph Ziggler could be very valuable as like a producer, you know, um, working behind the scenes in some capacity. So I think that was a unless unless Dolph secretly wanted out. I, I heard rumors he might have to go wrestle with his brother for like to finish his career. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about I you? Wes, he wanted to do stand up comedy. Yeah, well, he wanted to do that too. too. He'd have more more um freedom to do that yeah yeah i heard elias, I mean, the last, elias when they when they shaved his beard and made him his brother like they just they took the wind out of the sails of that gimmick for me yeah yeah but is, uh as far as dolph goes like i could see him as a good you know producer yes. uh but wwe just let him sit on the couch for years and paid him and i yep. think yeah. maybe I agree. Well, with I think like, yeah, taste for wrestling is just gone. That's true. He could have, but then they also gave him the, like because the AEW wanted him. Then they gave him some crazy high dollar contract too, which was way more than he should have been making. Yeah, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to sit on the couch just to not go to AEW. Yeah, so so I mean, I think that's what that had a factor in it too. All the money he was making too. Yeah. Yeah, but he seems like the kind of guy that like would have much rather been in the ring than on the couch. Yep, you're right. And it's a shame that Matt Riddle, as, as phenomenal as a worker he is, and transitioning from MMA to WWE and pro wrestling, apparently there's a video of him being drunk at the New York City airport. Uh, and, you know, he was grabbing the microphone at, at the airport. Yeah, to, I told you. I mean, uh, when, when, you, when you mentioned that, I said he had issues. I heard that there were other stories out there, and I think that was the main – that's probably the main reason they got rid of him. Yeah, and it's sad, and he, he obviously has um, drug and alcohol issues that, that he, and it's a liability. So I can understand that release. And Mustafa Lee was 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 shocking because he already had a match with Dom for the No Mercy pay per view, and they just you know nixed that one. And I thought they were going to keep him to have the representation of of you know uh, for, uh, what nationality is he? I think he's um, Saudi or Pakistani. I'm not sure. Um, so it has that representation, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's really, really, uh, really shocking. But, uh, and for, for, and let's talk about the big name that was not released, but let's contract fire and very, very shortly after the contract expired showed up on the rival organizations, wrestle dream event last sunday and this was a shocker guys i mean i know there's been negotiations and rumors and stuff like that but yeah. edge is now with aew known as adam copeland uses the same theme music uh got involved with the match with his buddy christian cage and uh threw out a couple spears um what are your guys thoughts on edge with aew so he's apparently like really good friends with Mark Tremonti, the guitarist for Alter Bridge, and he told AEW, "You don't get me unless you get them." Right. So the fact that he he just stuck with his real name, but also WWE let the um the copyright for Rated R Superstar expire. So when he came oh. back, 
that's why they didn't use that anymore. They used his the whole grit thing where it was just the R, it wasn't the star. So right. apparently they got the uh, back as well. Yep. Interesting. Okay. But he did say, this was Edge's quote, sometimes the relationships just grow apart. I feel WWE and I have just outgrown each other. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do more. They didn't have much more for me to do. Simple as that. And that's okay. I'll be watching and still be supporting all my friends there. And he said, urges fans to support professional wrestling, regardless of what company it comes from. You know, I'm I'm a strong WWE fan, but I'm a, you know I'm a fan of AEWs as well. But I follow WWE more religiously. There's always going to be some loyalty that I have for WWE over AEW. But uh, I mean, his reasoning makes sense. You know, I mean, we're going to see some good matches matchups with edge in aw you know versus all the their top stars and with of course cm punk leaving the company that has a big void they needed needed to fill that gap exactly exactly but also like you also have his best friend there who's christian like wwe kind of pushed him away badly and i think that probably yeah i agree because christian deserved that deserves that wwe hall of fame you know he didn't get it that was also edge's like, so they, they, you know, how they did the whole thing with like Seamus, how like he said that he was the reason he got back in the ring. Right. Yes. FTR was the actual reason. Like Seamus did help him get in shape, but FTR were the ones that were literally at his house every day. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. 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 There, was a, there was a whole other like backstory that WWE obviously okay. wasn't going to say because they're with AW, but yeah, yeah, they were the ones, Cash and Dax were at his house like every day getting him back into ring shapes. I mean, he's, he's got a lot of friends in AEW, but I think he's going to be what they wanted CM Punk to be. He's going to oh, be like a little, leader in the locker room and just kind of like, bullshit. well, not just the leader in the locker room, but like the, the less controversial face on TV and in the public, like yes. kind of, kind of the way WWE should have used sting when they had him. like, yeah. And now, and that handshake with sting at the end, that to me yeah. was like that was the almost ultimate kind of fuck you to WWE because of how yeah. they did like how dirty they did Sting and then yeah. how much success he's had in AEW since then like yeah that I I would have been shocked if they would have paired Edge and Christian you know Adam and Christian together yeah. I'm right. more shocked that. Uh, Adam Copeland and Sting and Darby are a nice little alliance. It's a good alliance. And he, and yeah. They all have that dark uh, image too, so I guess that kind of works also, doesn't it? The brood. It kind of has like a brood 2.0 mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. Kurt <laughs> Angle said on his podcast that he said Lo- Edge is loyal to WWE. He's been loyal since day one. Don't get me wrong. I mean, another a lot of uh, wrestlers have crossed over, especially his best friend, Christian, but I don't see Edge doing that. I really believe he's going to be WWE for life. So third angle was completely wrong uh, when he was talking about uh, rumors of edge going to, to AEW. I so. just want to say that I think it's amazing that not only did he get Metalingus back, but then he just uh-huh. re-recorded you think, you know me. And he had the exact same pyro. Like it literally like the only it was other the exact- seeing somebody do that was with Cody. Exactly. That's why I almost yeah. thought it was like watching WWE in a yep. weird multiverse. And, the and same when thing he came Cody. out, he 
And his entrance is the same. He came out, he did his run left and right, came right yep. down the middle. Yeah. It was le- I, yeah, yep. for about oh 30 seconds. I was like, did I change the channel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Wow. So that that's that's the big bombshell that happened in AEW. And that's all I have for uh for pro wrestling. So I guess uh we'll go ahead and wrap up tonight's amazing show. This is fun, man. Uh what a what a really jam-packed fun show we do have a couple rest in pieces uh to throw uh, out i uh, have to cut out a little early because uh, we're, we're at west we're at the end are you sure okay yes we always, <laughs> end, we always end with rest in pieces and then the birthdays <laughs> just once literally 60 seconds all right uh two rest in pieces one michael gambin irish English actor who is Albus Dumbledore in six of the eight Harry Potter movies. Rest in peace. He was 82. Was um, he the one that replaced the, the first one? That's exactly right. Okay. Uh, there was another actor that played um, Dumbledore in the first two Harry Potter movies. Um, Richard Harris was the one that portrayed okay. him. Then Michael Gambon took over. And then, of course, we, uh, they had a Hogwarts. Um, Fans uh, gathered outside the Harry Potter Forbidden Journey Wizarding World and Universal in Orlando. They did a dedication to him, so that was really nice. That's cool. uh, we also lost um, Senator Diane Feinstein of California. Uh, apparently, she was the woman of the year, broke gender barriers, and uh, sadly passed away at the age of 90. And, of course, with death, we celebrate life. Um, first of all, congratulations to my buddy Johnny Fairplay. Uh, he was associated with wrestling, and, of course, now he's a reality star. the Fairplay movie not, that you were talking about? He's not from the Fairplay movie we were talking about. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he is uh, now engaged to his longtime girlfriend, Jessica Kendrick, so congratulations to them. Cool. And, of course, happy birthday shouts, shout-outs include Chubby Checker, uh, it's 82. Remember the twist? Yeah, he sounds like I, I was always thinking he was older than that, but I mean, uh, I'm surprised he's only 82. 82. Actor jo- Jack Wagner, 64. Drummer Tommy Lee of Motley Crue, 61. He's Ray older than that old, 61. Uh, Gwen Stefani of No Doubt, 54. Uh, Nev Campbell and both Lena Headey from Game of Thrones, Cersei Lannister's both 50. They're too too beautiful. Man, I feel old because I mean I remember when they were young and hot. They're still hot. They're just not young. <laughs> Sean William Scott, you know him as Stifler from American Pie. He's forty-seven. And if you didn't hear that opening promo, yeah, that was a uh, sound bite from Sundance twenty twenty of Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson's forty today. She's uh, that old. That's a surprise. Tessa Thompson's forty. She's the big four zero, right? Yeah, if you watch Creed 2, I'm like two rows behind her oh, when she's cool. in the crowd. Yeah. That's cool. We'll have to look out for that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Ashley Simpson, who's Jessica Simpson's sister, is 39. I think somebody mentioned The one that can't Simpson. sing, right? The one that has a lip one sync? That, the one that had to do that jig on Saturday Night Live and walk off the stage. <laughs> uh, rapper ASAP Rocky's 35. Alicia Vikander from Ex Machina and the new um, Tomb Raider. It's 35, and Noah Schnapp from Stranger Things is 19. That's birthdays today, and that concludes tonight's BTB, guys. See, I did it for you, Wes. I did it. I told you, man. Um, uh, yeah, we were literally at the end. So uh, thank you so much for the entire panel. Of course, Wes Whitlock, the one and only cosplayer, new dad, 
<laughs> Former pro wrestler, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for joining us, Mike Darty, aka the Rainmaker. Thank you so much, Darth Paul Wallace. Go ahead and say it. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> uh, next week's BTB uh, is going to be awesome. We'll talk about the Soka finale. We'll talk about the first episode of Loki season two and much more fun. And of course, closing out tonight's show, uh, the feature interview from Noche Musical with actress Camila Marone from Daisy Joes and the Six and Gonzo Girl. Ending it tonight's show with that interview, guys. We will see you next week. Until then, peace. Yeah. My gosh, we have Camila Marone here. My gosh. How, how do you feel to be here at the NHFA event? I know. Noche Musical, That's how's it been? Hispanic Foundation yeah. for the Arts. Tongue twister. It's a tongue twister. Um, no, I, I'm incredibly happy. I'm honored. I've never been to D.C. before. Really? I'm meeting all these people for the first time. Um, but when I when I was asked, um, when I was told I was going to be honored with the Horizon Award tonight, and I was able to to learn about what the foundation does, it was an automatic yes for me. Um, any way in which I can support, um, show my love for the community is incredibly important. Um, I'm Argentinian, both mom and dad. My whole family's in Argentina. I'm also American. You know, I, I've got I've got both those cultures and both those worlds that that mean a lot to me. So yes, I do what I can. The Horizon Award is great, but what about being nominated for an Emmy? How awesome is that? Yes. <laughs> I'm really I'm really happy for Daisy Jones and the Six. That must be amazing. Yeah, I can't talk about the show because we're on strike. But but thank you, and I'm very very happy. Um, yeah, to be here tonight and for all the other things. But we can talk a little bit about Gonza Girl, yes? Yes. Because that's not under this. I can talk about that's that. That's under a SAG interim agreement. Yes. I'm an actor I know as well, yes? yes. Uh, part of the Toronto International Film Festival, and you're directed by Patricia Arquette. Tell us about your experience working on an amazing film. Well, we're just coming out of TIFF right now, where, yeah. where we were lucky enough to get the interim agreement, and luckily our producers um, kind of paved the way for showing showing how it's done and showing that that we can achieve the things that we need to do. And um, yeah, it was an incredible experience, not just the filming, but everything that's come after it and being in Toronto. And Patricia Arquette is a, is a woman who, um, is she's such a fierce leader and a fierce mother and a fierce actress and an activist that really she's, she's an inspiration in every, in every facet of my life and every part of my life. Uh, I read the synopsis of the film. It sounds amazing. You play an assistant that assists the Gonzo journalists and Gonzo journalism, you didn't know, is actually living amongst the, the, the subjects, right? And just participating in what they're doing, right? Putting yeah. yourself at the forefront of right. the subject, yeah. yeah. It was a style of writing that Hunter S. Thompson created, yeah. Gonzo Journalism, and here we are with our film Gonzo Girls, so it's wow. great. There you go. So is there any dream projects left? Are there any dream projects left? It's a million dream projects. Yeah. I'm open. I'm or open. With your father figure, uh, Al Pacino, maybe? Yeah. I, I don't know about that, but I, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm um, ready. Yeah. You know, once the strike is over, to dive in. But right now, right now, we're on strike. So strike solidarity. So let's resolve it. AMPT. Listen to WGA and SAG Jaffers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Sam said it right. Which is gracias. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.